Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Dementor. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, um, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., um, where you can write yourself into the wizarding world. Um, if you would like to submit, check out the website for guidelines. Hit us up, email, uh, direct message, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Just hit us up if you have questions. Yes, please. Love our blog, love Wizard Team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Please consider donating to BGNO. We have a lot of dope things we want to do, but we need your help. We were just talking about how soon it's going to be. When we're in London, um, we sent out a couple of interview requests. Everyone, fingers crossed that we get some positive responses. Um, all of these things that we want to do, we need your help. So please go to blackgirlsnerdout.com slash donate. You can find all the ways we're taking donations. Um, and I personally think that you should become a patron. Um, yeah, we're going to yeah. start actually like working on that more and having like Exclusive We're going to have exclusive patron stuff, content so. um, coming soon. We're just... We got a lot going on in the next two months, but Whew. we're figuring it out. Yes. Um, and also, in, in paypal.me slash bgno, um, we're trying to really work on getting some awesome London content and um, what we're able to do will really be kind of figured out by what we're able to literally do and spend. So we want to, we were thinking about maybe going to Edinburgh where, you know, it was written. It <laughs> was written. Um, and so if you want to just, you know, throw a few galleons, sickles, newts our way to really help with that train tickets, cost money and all that goodness. Um, anything that you give, we are putting right back. We're putting it into, it's an investment into more content and more cool things that we're able to do and share with you guys. So it's a good way to think about it. Um, yes. Also, um, our wizard team merch campaign ended on Teespring, but don't worry about it. Well, uh, we got you. We're going to, we're going to read, we're going to do a different thing and get you the wizard yeah. team t-shirts. Uh, yes. And us, these Wizard Team t-shirts. <laughs> yes. Um, if you guys have any ideas, we, we had that um, survey go out and people really like the Teespring idea. But if you guys have any other ideas of a good provider or something that can we can get our merch game on, merch <laughs> game proper, um, let us know. Subscribe to our newsletter. On Fridays, on most Fridays, um, we share nerd news and links about what's going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com, and there is a subscription field um, on every page, really. Yeah. So uh, Follow us at WeBlackAndNerds on Twitter. Like us at BlackGirlsNerdOut on Facebook. Um, 
Black Girls Nerd Out on Instagram, Black Girls Nerd Out on Tumblr. Join our Wizard Team Facebook group. We're having lots of awesome conversation, and um, I, I don't know. Y'all are dope. Y'all are cool. If you want to like so bask in this dopeness and also procrastinate and distract yourself at work, you should join this group. Seriously. Like, so dope. The group is like, I mean, let's just talk about, I just went to the group right now. Um, the stars of the Harry po- of Harry Potter took the sorting quiz and the result is truly magical. We have, that was posted by Naomi Yisrael. Shout out to Naomi from Chicago. I don't know what's up with all y'all going to Chicago, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Amani commented. Kimberly Lloyd commented. I don't know how she did. She's always reading stuff. Like, just, this happened within an hour or two. Of when I've checked it, so timey wimey guys, but still, like, ballin', amazing, so in love. Um, okay, Potter fandom news. Um, there's not a lot other than that the Cursed Child opened, or like they're doing previews right now. Um, so, so far I've seen, we've all, there's just been like really awesome, like, review, and not even just reviews, but like feedback, I guess, about it. Um, everyone remember to keep the secrets, though. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, and we're gonna have to figure that out. Well, I think, um, I think it'll actually be easy. Like, we're, we're, we're thinking through, like, when we actually go to London, and, um, there's gonna be a episode about this. Um, and I don't think it'll be that difficult, because we plan on making it a bonus episode. We'll make it super clear that it's spoiler-heavy, like, more so than usual. Um, and the and the play going, will have been yeah, but the pl- the play will have been out so after um it the week after the script goes live or drops or whatever. So if you aren't actually going to the play, um, you'll have the script. You'll kind of if you read it, then you'll know what's going on. If you're not one, if you don't want to spoil yourself at all, and you're like going to the play later, then you just want to listen to that episode. And for like the rest of our London content, we'll try to keep the spoilers at a minimum. Which probably won't be mm-hmm. that that difficult because we'll be there. Like that's one of the last things we do is go to the play. Yeah, so. and um, on the flip side, don't be coming up in our mentions. Nah, because y'all read the book as soon as it, or the, you read the script as soon as it came out. Because we will not we be reading the script when it comes out. So, so you're gonna either there's no chill. Cursed, there's no cursed child talk on. The the wizard team or on um, We Black and Nerds timeline. I mean, you can do a wizard like in the Facebook group just as long as you make it clear that that's what it is. Um, we won't be talking about it until August seventh or eighth, just so yes. you know. Um, FYI. So no, no, nothing in our mentions <laughs> when it drops about it because we will not be. We won't. no new. F- you'll be cut from the team. <laughs> Hashtag keep um, the secrets. Keep the secrets. But also, um, our, yeah, so our timeline, if you join the Facebook group, you can talk to each other about it. I mean, maybe we can do, I know we, I have to check the, we have to check the wizard team hash for votes and stuff. Yeah, just, no. We'll think about it. No. We'll think about it. We'll (laughs) figure out a system where it works, where for that week we aren't spoiled and, um, Y'all aren't spoiled and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, we'll have to we figure it out. We are anti-spoilers except when we're talking about the Harry Potter books, which have already come out. 
<laughs> They've been out for years. You, you would you should already know these things. Yes. Um all right. Let's get in. <laughs> so full disclosure, I just want to say really quickly Woo! that despite this Sorry. chapter being called the Dementor and it having like some really, you know, serious and like dark themes, the number serious. of hearts, the number of hearts that I've written in this chapter is like <laughs> I think it's a record. Um from like the other chapters that I've done I haven't counted, but I have a lot of hearts next to people, especially Remus, who's my favorite. Um, he's the best. Yeah, he's it's the all hearts best. and stars and like awesome stuff. Um, despite this chapter being called the Dementor. But let us begin. Um, so previously on Wizard Team, Harry overheard he's uh, in Diagon Alley. Um, what are you doing? I'm so excited. Robin, oh my goodness. I'm sorry, y'all didn't see any of that, but she's just like doing the most, basically. You what did I do? Me. You all believe me. Um, what did I do? I'm what just was excited. All that, that you were just, I understand. I just was taking it to church. And you're doing a lot. And I'm trying to. I'm shaking my chapter. head. I'm trying to start the chapter. I was just shaking my head. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Contain yourself. Can I live? No. I mean, yes, but like, chill. Um. Anyway, back to previously on Wizard Team. Harry is um, staying at the Leaky Cauldron. The Weasleys and Hermione are there now. Harry um, overheard Molly and Arthur arguing over whether to tell Harry that Sirius Black is after him to murder him. Um, Like, on whether or not that's, like, what's more important, like, making sure Harry knows all the information or, like, has some of his innocence and, like, happiness. Um, And then... Yeah, and then the next day it's time to go to school. So, um, Tom woke Harry the next morning with his usual toothless grin and a cup of tea. Harry got dressed and was just persuading a disgruntled Hedwig to get back into her cage when Ron banged his way into the room, pulling a sweatshirt over his head and looking irritable. The sooner we get to the train on the train, the better. At least I can get away from Percy at Hogwarts. Now he's accusing me of dripping tea on his photo of Penelope Clearwater. You know... His girlfriend. She's hidden, <laughs> she's hidden her face under the frame because her nose has gone all blotchy. Um, I've got something to tell you, Harry began, but there was, but she, they were interrupted by Fred and George who had looked in to congratulate Ron on infuriating Percy again. They're uh, too much. They are. They, They're my favorite, though. I mean, how are they your favorite? What do you mean, when how are they my constantly, favorite? When you're constantly... Can I finish no, my... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go you're ahead. constantly telling me to chill. And these two... Have never even met Chill. No. If Chill walked past them, they wouldn't even know what to say. It's true. They don't know what Chill's name. They're awesome, though. Like, I'm awesome. I mean, you know. So rude. Not in the Okay, so they head down to breakfast. Mr. Weasley's reading the Daily Prophet with a furrowed brow. Mrs. Weasley's telling Hermione and Ginny about a love potion she made as a young girl, and they're giggling. Um... Harry didn't have a chance to speak to Ron or Hermione in the chaos of leaving. Um, so it is all of them with their all of their trunks, Hedwig, Hermes, 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 whatever. Hermes. Percy's owl. Um, Percy's owl. I think, I don't know if it's, because, you know, like there's like the fashion brand Hermit. No, I know. There's like a bunch of And then there's like the Greek god. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Who knows? Perched on top of their cages, a small whisk, 
wickerwork basket stood beside the heap, spitting loudly. Hermione cooed through the uh, wickerwork. It's okay, Crookshanks, I'll let you out on the train. Ron's like, no, you won't. What about scabbers? Who cares about um, scabbers? <laughs> and they are, as they're getting all this stuff ready, Mr. Weasley was waiting outside and um, for the ministry cars. They're here. So they're here, he said. Harry, come on. Mr. Weasley marched Harry across the short stretch of pavement. In you get Harry, said Mr. Weasley, glancing up and down the crowded street. Harry got into the back of the car and was shortly joined by Hermione, Ron, and to Ron's disgust, Percy. So, um, um, so like, even if Harry hadn't overheard them, like, the way that they're all treating him is gonna, he's gonna figure it out. He's not that dumb. Like, he's gonna figure yeah, out if, something's up, like, why is everyone always... Why do I have to go first? Why, why is it Harry, come on, when I'm not your own kid? Right. Yeah, like... You got five of the kids there, and you're like... Jimmy just went... Jenny just went through a trauma. Right. The Minister of Magic came all the way to the Hula Cauldron. Like, it's, come on. At a certain point. They're not, they're not the slickest. Um, So, they get to King's Cross. Um, It was, the Ministry of Magic car seemed almost ordinary, though Harry noticed that they could slide through gaps that Uncle Vernon's new company car certainly could have managed. Um, They reached King's Cross with 20 minutes to spare. Um, the ministry drivers, uh, found them trolleys, unloaded their trunks, left, uh, and then they left, um, somehow managing to jump to the head of an unmoving line at the traffic lights. Um, so Mr. Weasley kept close to Harry's elbow. Right then, let's do this in pairs as there are so many of us, which is also how you should have done it last year. Um, (laughs) and not let the children go last. What? Sorry. No, that's actually what I wrote. Like, so (laughs) when When he says, I'll go first with Harry, I'm like, one, Harry specifically, just like we were just talking, and yeah, two, exactly. learn that from last year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I, I definitely underlined, I'll go through first with Harry. Mm-hmm. Mr. Weasley strolled through the, toward the barrier between the platforms. Um, with a meaningful look at Harry, he leaned casually against the barrier, and Harry Im- imitated him. So, they, they went the cool, the cool route. Mm-hmm. Percy and Ginny suddenly appeared behind Harry. They were panting and apparently had taken the barrier at a run. Ah, there's Penelope, said Percy, smoothing his hair and going pink again. Ginny caught Harry's eyes, and they both turned away to hide their laughter as Percy strode over to a girl with long, curly hair, walking with his chest thrown out so she couldn't miss his shiny badge. Um, Get it, Percy. I mean, that, <laughs> you know. Um, and also, and you know what's funny? As I'm always just like, really, like, and I don't even, I don't hate Percy, but his personality is really difficult. But then I always, and I'm always like, really? Like, Penelope really messed with Percy. But then I remember that, excuse me, I'm a Ravenclaw. And then I remember that they're probably yeah. made for each other. Um, also, But also, this Percy is... is related to Charlie, so you know he bae. He cute. You know, Ron gets cute. You know what I mean? So, obviously, like, he's cute. And if you're into that kind of, like, you know, he's got confidence. You can't say he's not confident in himself. Robin would date Percy, guys. Um, I wouldn't date Percy, the no. I, the other thing I was going to say... How am I going to date Percy when Charlie is right there? Okay, but we're not going to have this conversation. Okay. The other thing I wanted to say is that this is the first um, normal communication that Harry and Jenny have had. Yeah, that Jenny was... being, like, freaked out or, you know, possessed by Lord Voldemort. 
and without <laughs> yeah. Harry being like awkward and or drenched in like mud and muck and blood and ink and, and yeah. needs to take a damn shower. <laughs> Okay, so once the remaining Weasleys and Hermione had joined them, Harry and Ron led the way to the end of the train, past packed compartments, to a carriage that looked quite empty. They loaded their trunks onto it, stowed Hedwig and Crookshanks in the luggage rack, and then went back outside to say goodbye to Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Miss Weasley kissed all the children, then Hermione, and finally Harry. He was embarrassed, but really quite pleased when she gave him an extra hug. She so, I just, do take care, won't you, Harry? She said as she straightened up, her eyes oddly bright. She then opened in her enormous handbag and said, I've made you all sandwiches. Here you go, Ron. No, they're not corned beef. Fred, where's Fred? Here you are, dear. Like, Mama, just mother me. Just She's the best. The best. Harry said Mr. Weasley quietly. Come over here a moment. There's something I've got to tell you. It's all right, Mr. Weasley, said Harry. I already know. You know? How could you know? I, uh, I heard you and Mrs. Weasley talking last night. I couldn't help hearing. Sorry, that's not true. You heard them. You paused mm-hmm. because you didn't want to interrupt them. You heard them say your name. And then you stepped closer. It's hair. Because you know the. It's hair. Yes. <laughs> um, that's not the way I'd have chosen for you to find out, said Mr. Weasley, looking anxious. No, honestly, it's okay. This way, you haven't broken your word to fudge, and I know what's going on. Harry, you must be very scared. I'm not, really, he added. I'm not trying to be a hero, but seriously, Sirius Black can't be worse than Voldemort, can he? Again, Harry, you actually haven't, like, faced Voldemort. Like, you have, but you didn't do nothing. But he, Harry gonna Harry. I mean, yeah. Um, Harry, I get it, but also. Yeah. Harry, I knew you were made of stronger stuff than Fudge seems to think, and I'm obviously pleased that you're not scared, but... Arthur called Mrs. Weasley, who was now shepherding the rest onto the train. Arthur, what are you doing? It's about to go. He's coming, Molly. Listen, I want you to give me your word that I'll be a good boy and stay in the castle, said Harry gloomily. Not entirely, said Mr. Weasley. Harry, swear to me that you won't go looking for Black. Time out. Um, so this is like also the, the first time that we hear that there's... Well, I guess that's different. That's not true necessarily. Um... We're getting information on Sirius and, like, the story behind Sirius in, like, increments. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I think we mentioned this when we first heard, like, the story from Stan um, about, yeah. like, what the broader story is. is Like, oh, everyone knew he was, he worked for Voldemort. And then he, like, after Voldemort um, died, he came, went and decided he was going to, like, terrorize all these muggles and a wizard. Um, and then you find out that he's after Harry specifically. And then you find out that there's some kind of reason Harry would want to go looking for him. Um, so there's no connection. Like, nobody... Harry hasn't yet, and, like, we haven't yet, like, learned about the connection between Sirius and Harry's parents. Um, which I just feel like it's interesting, and I, we mentioned this before, but just interesting considering, like... They Sirius don't... No one James seems to were, care about the motives. That, and then also the fact that Sirius and James were best friends and were, like, pretty famous for being that way. Um, And lived together, And lived together and, like, were, you know what I mean? Well, I think think, that's the difference. I don't think people details, obviously, Um, but... Well, I think that's the difference between, like, Stan's story and then Arthur's story Mm -hmm. because you didn't... Because, like we said, like I said earlier about the way that Fudge operates and wanting it to be a very neat story, to include in popular knowledge that 
Sirius was friends with the Potters and betrayed the Potters. Well, I don't well, think that Lynn was questions magic when this happened, though. Well, okay, but I mean, so, a lot of this is the ministry in general, in yeah. general uh, not because Fudge is the extreme case of this. But you see this too when like Scrimmager takes over and stuff like the. And this is a political thing, like I said. Like this isn't um, obviously I'm anti I'm anti Fudge, but this isn't something that is limited to him he just is like i feel like an extreme version of this mm-hmm. um but all i mean every administration ever in any kind of bureaucracy whether it's like your your school the your local government office the president of the united states the muggle prime minister or the minister of magic is all guilty of trying to control the narrative and package the story to fit what you know what I mean to like answer enough questions so they don't have to answer any more questions totally you know what I mean so I think if they if it would have become public knowledge that beyond the people that knew them um and we were talking about this a little bit outside of wizard team but about the fact that um Voldemort was in a it was in power for 11 years um, like straight before he went after Harry. Mm-hmm. So the Potters and Sirius went to to a Hogwarts in a time when it was really the only safe place because of Dumbledore, but also like in a time of war and dictatorship and trouble, right? Yeah. So while it would have been like, a lot of probably would have been, you know, very well known how much how close they were to people that went to Hogwarts. If they people outside of Hogwarts had much bigger things going on than to worry about like this popular kid and who his best friend was. And then because this happened so closely after they graduated, um, it's it, you know it's just like it, it wasn't widely known outside of Hogwarts and the people that knew them. I, I just don't think that. Like, their friendship was that widely known. You know what I mean? Um, I... Given the time period. Yeah. So, no, that makes that's sense. why someone like Stan... That makes sense, but I think that... Um, and I, this is... I mean, part of it is just like, this is interesting. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, but first, mm-hmm. I just want to say this. So, Fudge was the junior minister in the Department of, Mag- of Magical Catastrophes um, when it happened. So, that still fits in with what you're saying. Like, it's partly yeah. his job to kind of clean up that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and the other thing I was going to say is that what's interesting is that they didn't tell that story of him being a traitor because arguably that's worse. But what, you know I, what I, mean? I, and I don't, and I, I'm not I even saying that. that, and I'm not even saying that that's what should have happened. I'm just saying that it's interesting that they didn't go with that story. Um, and to me, oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, and the other thing is like, it's also pop, um, it's also wow, that word, possible, <laughs> um, <laughs> that they didn't go all that into it themselves because, like, we find out, I think, in Gobble of Fire that Sirius didn't even get a trial. Um, yeah. He, they came in, he, they, they got to the spot, he was the only one alive, he had a wand, he was laughing, they're like, all right, it's you, great, yeah. go to the ship to Azkaban, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's that, that's Wipe the muggles' memories. Wipe, wash our hands clean. Out so that what's going on, and that's it. And let people, and it could be just let other people come up with what happened. Story. Maybe give or, like yeah. a couple quotes or whatever to the Daily Prophet. But like for the most part, 
let other people come up with what happened. So sweep it under the rug. It's definitely yeah. like I don't I don't necessarily think like the story should be different or whatever. It's just interesting to see how stories are told. Um, yeah, and, like see and how information gets moved into like yeah into society and stuff. Yeah, and see, I would think that they would purposely not tell that traitor story because that lends questions, more questions about the Department of Mysteries, what's in there, what's going on there. Wait, why would Like, the, the prophecy. Because there's a prophecy, okay, how do you know that there's a prophecy? Where does the prophecy there, come from? There's no mention of a prophecy here, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you, if you tell the story that... Sirius Black betrayed the Potters. The questions that follow, like, the logical questions that follow is, why was Voldemort trying to go after the Potters specifically? Well, that was they already don't, a, that was our, they answered that's that. That's not question. a question. No, that's not, because the question was, like, he, they well, went after the Potters because he was, they were part of the Order, and, but, And I think that that's enough for Harry, for Voldemort um, to go after them. But why would you, but... Why would the Potters, like, need to have a secret keeper, like, do all these things as opposed to, like, there are tons of people in the Order that didn't go through that amount of, um, that didn't go into hiding in that way. I don't think that that's necessarily true. Yeah, because he's going... And I'm saying that because... So, we don't know how many members of the Order went into hiding. Probably a lot of them should have because the majority of them were murdered by Voldemort. Or his Death Eaters. So that's the other thing is it's not really like other members of the Order weren't murdered before the Potters. So yeah. I don't think that it would be, even if you found out that Sirius betrayed, even if it wasn't the friend thing, even if it was just like, oh, he was in the Order and he betrayed them in general. He was the one giving secrets. That's why all these other people got killed too. Like, I don't think it has to be specifically for the Potters. And even if it is... I don't think that it alerts anyone to the prophecies at all because no one ever mentions the prophecies and it could just be like the Potters were a problem and so Voldemort needed them gone and so Sirius was like, I know a way to get them gone. The and way like that, in terms the reason of a story to tell, I don't think it has to necessarily be much more difficult or not difficult, much more like involved. With the like, reason why yeah. I have that thought is because when you look at the Order of the Phoenix... The, pe- the people in the Order are clearly in the Order, and they're going out and fighting. They're putting themselves on the line. So to go into hiding is counterintuitive. Like, well, it's a big reason why Snape is able to... Not that many people knew that they were in hiding, though. Like, that's okay. not common knowledge. They know that the Potters just... defeated, or, like, they... Well, it's not defeated, but, like, thwarted Voldemort three times. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Like, they know that he, they were fighting Voldemort. And then they know that they were at home and Voldemort came to their house and killed them. Like, I don't think they know all the... There's, like, the t- some of the teachers know people who are former members of the Order. Fudge knows at this point, probably because Dumbledore told him, about yeah. some of the more intricate details of what happened. Um, I just think that the more information that you... I'm just going from... The more information that you give, the more people... The more questions people would have that would start to poke holes or would allow or would lend the ministry to give up information that they don't want to give up, which is why I think it's much click. It's much quicker and cleaner to say he was Voldemort's right hand man. Hey, and he went nuts. I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I'm not even saying that I have a specific opinion on like why or what they should have done. 
it's more just like an observation on what they did and how it's interesting that they chose that versus something else. Um, I would also say that I could poke holes in the series as the right-hand man for those who are old enough to remember, like, did they ever hear about Sirius Black when Voldemort was around? But I'm gonna just let them, you know, tell themselves. Yeah. That's other thing. Sometimes people tell themselves things that are things to make stuff seem neater, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah. But let's get back into it. So I think it's also interesting, though, because as you get closer, or as we get more and more information, we're getting more and more from people getting closer and closer to the Potter. So Stan was a baby, basically, when all this went down. So what he knows really the story that survived, right? Like, right. this is, like, the popular story as it is um, 12 years after they've died. Arthur being a part of the ministry and a part of the order to varying degrees of... no, He never knew the Potters. He was never um, a part of the order. I don't, he wasn't a part of the order the first time, I mean. But he's, like, yeah, close but to he, Dumbledore and stuff. He's close to Dumbledore. But, no, but he was obviously, like... The, the Weasleys were obviously never Death Eaters, right? And he's mm-hmm. in the ministry. He's got... He just has more access than Stan. Yeah, as, totally. You know? um, he becomes a member of the Order, is what I meant to say. But mm-hmm. um, he has more information. So he's now giving us this don't go looking for Black, which gives us, like, the why would he... And Harry has the same... Or has a very logical, like, what? Like, why right. would I... Why would I go looking for someone? Go looking I for someone who wants to kill me. To kill me. Swear to me, whatever you might hear, Arthur quickly. So, like, even though Arthur wants to... Arthur knows that he's very close to Harry and as Harry's, like, adopted father figure and really the only father, the magical father figure that Harry has at this point. So he's leaning on Harry, on Harry, on his relationship with Harry to say, to get him now, with the least amount of information, to swear to me. Because... Later on, that's going to come back and Harry is going to be like, he was hopefully, <laughs> well, yeah, but hopefully Harry will think like, oh, but I made a promise to Arthur that I wouldn't do this thing. Not, but we know Harry, but still, like, that's what Arthur is kind of baking, leaning on, yeah. on, baking on, I think. Um, and then, you know, as we get more and more and more information, I think the next little bit of information comes from McGonagall or Rosemarta? Uh, yeah, that, it's what I was um, just looking at. It's uh, it's when he's he's always overhearing people. He really needs to get over that. But it's uh, McGonagall, Hagrid, Rosemarta, and uh, Fudge and Flitwick. Mm-hmm. And Flitwick. Um, when they're like having their own private conversation between adults. Um, and he is like, under the invisibility cloak, not overhearing, spying, eavesdropping. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, so Harry gets onto the train. Um, I need to talk to you in private, he tells Ron and Hermione. That's one of the things I always loved about their relationship, is the minute Harry gets any bit of information, his first thought is to tell Ron and Hermione. Um, What's really funny about that, too, is, like, you have those best friends, right? Like, I, this has happened to me so many times. Someone is, like, tells me something. I tell either you guys, like, we have a group, we have a family group chat, obviously, or, like, I'll tell my best friend, and then someone will come back and be like, oh, don't tell, make sure you don't tell anyone what I told you. And I'm like, uh. Well, I mean, well, I don't know. I've besides... talked to my sister about this, and, like, <laughs> um, because my sister, or, yeah, you 
Ikara, obviously not Ami. Yeah, she's, um, she's been on the podcast Ikara now. will, like, tell me things about her friends that, like, she's, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, I mm-hmm. told them I wouldn't tell anyone or whatever. But, like, obviously that doesn't mean you. And I'm like, well, yeah, what am I going to do with that information? I don't know those. I don't know that person. I don't care about them. I don't have any. Well, and yeah, I think, I I mean, think <laughs> part of it, I mean, and I think it's different, obviously, depending on, like, the relationship and, like, who and also, is. what the but secret is think, is like Akira also, stuff yeah, is like totally high school that you don't go to. No, totally, that, that and that's social, what I mean. And I also yeah. think that like when it comes to best friends, like okay, when you're talking to your best friend, whatever you say between the two of you, and like it, it's understood that it's secret, you're obviously not going to go tell anyone. But like if somebody somebody tells you something and you tell your best friend, that doesn't count. Not, not that it. <laughs> that's I mean, not true. I, that's not how it works, obviously. But that's like sometimes that can be the the thought because it's like you tell me, you basically told them, and I think that that's like a thing that happens. I want to say in Order of the Phoenix when they um, when Harry is like yeah when answers um, about what's going on with Voldemort and Molly Weasley and Molly's trying to get Harry or is trying to make sure like she doesn't want any of them to know. But at a certain point, she's like, okay, fine, Harry can, but Ron, Hermione, Fred, George, all, y'all gotta go. And Fred and George are like, hold up, we're older than them, so why wouldn't we be able to? And Ron is like, well, Harry's going to tell us anyway, so might as well just let us stay. <laughs> um, so It ends up just yeah. being Ginny that has to go. So and that's, that's true. That's like a, and that's also a similar thing that happens in, it becomes like a bigger, important theme um, in Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows, mm-hmm. where um, at the beginning of Half-Blood Prince, um, Dumbledore asks Harry if he told... Ron and Hermione about the prophecy and like what was really mm-hmm. in it and Harry like didn't he hadn't um but Dumbledore was like no you should tell them because they're like d- they're with you you know what I mean like they're the ones yeah. who are ride or die and they're actually gonna help you um but and they also, need to have all that information as well yeah um and but also, also it's I think, good oh. to be able to like talk to people and like yes. to have someone to talk to and that's what I that's where I was going with it's like it's also like for me there is this really hilarious thing that happened between me and my best friend a couple of years ago where there was a boy. It was all about a boy or whatever. And I was talking to her and then something went down and she was like, oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, you have to tell me as soon as you know that something's going to happen to me because I may not have caught that sign of what was going to happen to me and that would have been good information to know going forward because... I can't think through things without her. Like, there's so many times that I'll say, like, I don't know how, like, we'll be talking, and I'm like, and she's like, well, why did you tell me this? I'm like, well, I need to know if I if how I was feeling was right, or I needed to know how, what I felt about it. I don't know what I feel about things until we talk it out, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I can have this, like, I can have an immediate reaction, but I need to be able to talk to you specifically so that I know... Like, am I being crazy? Like, that's the thing that happens most of the time, right? Am I overreacting? Am I being crazy? Is this real? Is this not real? Um, and the fact that Harry has Hermione and Ron to do that, like you, like you said and Dumbledore says, is like, it's very important um, for him. But it's also very important for them because they make a huge sacrifice to be with him mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing. And a lot of that also comes from the fact that as soon as he finds out some information, he goes straight to them. And they know um, 
everything that they're getting into before they start their journey, their horcrux hunting journey, mm-hmm. um, for sure. But also, in every book, they're whatever it the challenge that they're facing. They know what they know as much as Harry knows, and they know that they they they. The, there are very few times when Harry doesn't tell them something immediately, and it's always, like, commented upon, I feel like. Um, and the fact that they know that, not just that Harry will tell them, but that Harry will tell them immediately um, is what allows for that trust. Because you don't really, like, and we see, we'll get, oh, man, we're going to get so, I'm excited now, we're going to get so into this when we get into... Dumbledore's backstory a lot more which is like he is very even when he does tell people things he's very selective about when and how he tells them and who he tells and he doesn't have Sorry, that you just you just click something yeah. yeah and and that becomes an issue like I'll just say for him and Snape for example you know and Snape is I don't, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but, like, Snape is very upset with Dumbledore when he finds out that Harry has to die. Not because, I think not because he feels like, oh, I sacrificed my life and I've done all this, I've been a spy, and he's going to die anyway, but because when Snape decided to do what he did and become a double agent, he knew what he was getting into. He knew and he knows that he could die at any moment. And I think that Snape is angry at Dumbledore because he feels like Harry doesn't know that. So you and and Dumbledore knew that much further, much earlier than Harry would figure it out. And so I think the thing that makes Snape angry is like, I took, I took on this responsibility with all of the knowledge of what I might face, and you didn't give him that same chance. You didn't, you're, like, you, um, you're just going to, like, throw him to the wolves, or you've, like, led him through this entire process without giving him all of the information to back out. Um, Does that wait, make sense? Two things, two things. Okay. It does make sense. Two things. Um, and then I want to get back to this because now we're on Deathly Hollows. Yeah, we're... Um, yeah. So the first is I kind of don't agree with you only because of who Snape is and he doesn't really care about Harry. So I'm inclined to think that it's the former that he was like, you had me do all this and he's going to die anyway. Um, but that's just my skepticism about Snape and his character. But yeah. also, just in general, that critique that you just gave of Dumbledore is hella, like, duh, yes, obviously. But also, the thing that clicked in my brain when you were talking about how Dumbledore doesn't really have, he doesn't, uh, he, um, like, compartmentalizes and only gives certain people certain information. A part of that, which I just thought of, and I don't want to, like, get into a whole thing about it, we will get to, oh, we get to Deathly Hollows, is Grindelwald. And yeah. that was the person who he gave all that, that's the person who he had that kind of relationship with, and then it ended badly, and so he was mm-hmm. like, you know what, I'm gonna pull back, and not do yeah. that anymore, and... That also, hey, guess what, well, guys? I mean, it ended badly. But I it wrote didn't. this post called Harry Potter and Sergeant Adolescence, and this right yeah. here. Um, so yeah, so that was <laughs> that. As you were talking, I was like, wait, that's why 
this is see this is not just why i love harry potter that's not what i was gonna say but i do love harry potter and this is why i love it but also i just really love knowing like motive and like development and like how people get to the point where they are and so that's really awesome that that clicked and okay Um, and to bring it all back to this book that is why what we were talking about earlier about like the story of Serious. Serious and That's why I'm so the lack of trial. It. it fascinates me because, like you said, like you love motive. I will watch all of the Law and Order, and <laughs> maybe that's because, why my mom's a lawyer, and so yeah. I'm just like, what happened and why and and why? Because no one ever stops at, and this is a yeah, it's a lawyer thing, um, but I think it's a human thing in general. Is most most humans most do not stop at, okay, that's what happened. Why is always, like, the question. And in terms of these books in particular, why is, like, it's the whole crux important. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, Voldemort goes after Harry because he is his challenger for living forever. Why is living forever so important to Voldemort? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the Horcrux hunt is. Is, like, the whole, like, pathology around what immortality means to Dumbledore and, art Dumbledore, mm-hmm. to Voldemort and why it's so important. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back. Um, Woo! Bonus episode, maybe? Really? I don't know. That just... But... Anyway, Ooh, um, give it up for us. <laughs> um, I need so back back to what we're talking about. Um, I need to talk to you in private. Harry muttered to Ron and Hermione, "Go away, Jenny," said Ron. Rude. "Oh, that's nice," said Jenny huffily, and she stalked off. So Jenny's back to normal. We see, um, like she's back to like what her regular kind of thing is. I mean, obviously she's still barely talking to Harry, but in terms of like her relationship with Ron, it's like this is what it's been. Um, mm-hmm. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione go down the corridor looking for an empty compartment, but all were full except for the one at the very end of the, tra- of the train. It only had one occupant, a man sitting fast asleep next to the windows. That's where my first hearts are, just so you guys know. Um, I have exclamation points. Um, so Harry, Ron, and Hermione check the threshold. Um, the Hogwarts Express is usually reserved for students, and they had never seen an adult there before except for the witch who pushed the food cart. The stranger was wearing an extremely shabby set of wizard robes that had been darned in several places. He looked ill and exhausted. Though quite young, his light brown hair was flecked with gray. Who do you reckon he is, Ron hissed. Professor R.J. Lupin whispered Hermione at once. How do you know that? It's on his case, she replied, pointing at the luggage rack over the man's head, where there was a small battered case held together with a large quantity of neatly knotted string. The name Professor R.J. Lumpen was stamped across one corner in peeling letters. Um, Wonder what he teaches, said Ron. That's obvious, whispered Hermione. There's only one vacancy, isn't there? Defense against the dark arts. Sorry, were you going to say something? I just didn't, I didn't see you. I was, you're you're, you're reading the whole thing. Oh no, I was going to stop right there. Okay. What are you doing? All right. Was there something you wanted to say? I thought you got into the book, no. and I was like, yo, we recorded right now. No, I'm, I know, okay, Robin. Robin has no faith in me, despite the fact that this is our 42nd episode, um, but okay. Um, so, 
Um, well, I hope he's up to it, said Ron doubtfully. He looks like one good hex would finish him off, doesn't he? Um, anyway, what were you going to tell us? So Harry tells them, like, about pretty much everything um, about how Sirius is coming after you, after him, sorry. Um, so obviously Hermione and Ron are super concerned and like, what's going on? Um, and Hermione says, don't go looking for trouble, Harry. I don't go looking for trouble, said Harry. Trouble usually finds me. Why are lies. you lying? I, mm, I don't understand oh my God. those lies. That's literally what I wrote. <laughs> Again, <laughs> actually. Um, yeah, like, come on, bro. You know what's really funny, actually? Is I totally believed this when I was reading it as a kid. I was like, yeah, trouble does always find him. I never thought about how, like, fucking nosy he was until I got older and was like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you in, no one asked you to be there. Why are you so concerned about the Sorcerer's Stone? Did nobody ask you for help? Did nobody ask you? Did nobody ask you for help? Why are you always, that entire Why are you always eavesdropping? Why, when you were going to go tell the teachers about, who, about the Chamber of Secrets and everything, instead of waiting in the room to tell them, you go and hide in the cupboard? For what reason? That makes no damn sense. So you could eavesdrop. Why? Y'all, Harry. Questions on questions on questions. You always go looking for trouble. Always. Um, um, so then Ron being Ron, how thick Harry, How thick would Harry have to be to go looking for a nutter who wants to kill him? So he questions. definitely went to go look for Snape when he was sure that Snape wanted to kill him. Valid point. Point well made. He also went, ran after the basilisk when he heard it talking about trying to kill people when it was in the pipes. That's a good observation. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, Ron was right with him, so it's not like he's all that bright either. That's why. Nah, because Ron in his was opinion, like, it's the same thing. Ron was like, "Wait, sorry, what now?" And then Harry just took off. Ron didn't go. Ron didn't hear "kill, kill, hiss, hiss, kill." That's true. No, but he did the snake. Thing. He did the saw... snake thing in the, in okay, the first that's, one. That's valid. But Ron Ryder. But generally, Ron just goes wherever Harry goes, and I just feel like at this point he should have some. He should be like Sam Wilson in uh, Captain America: Civil War, where he's like, "So, Cap, are you sure you want to do this? Because like I'm with you, but also just know the situation is fraught. When this happens to you, it also happens to me. So just keep that in keep that in like Ron needs to have that kind of conversation with Harry, where he's like, "The people shooting at you are also shooting at me. I feel like we need to address this before we move on." Like, like, I'm right if, or die, but I just want you to acknowledge that it's possible that I'll die. That might die. The, the, like, the, the other important. part of rise is right or. Die. Exactly. The, the other part and is I would die. Like, I would like you to acknowledge that that but is a possibility. Exactly. And I would hope that you would, you know, take that into account when you in your decision making process. Trying to save Bucky and shit. Right. Um, I also think, though, like, it's very interesting when we talk about, like, Ron's loyalty. Because mm-hmm. at a certain point, and this is, I mean, it's great. I love Ron, and I don't think that I would love Ron if he wasn't so loyal. But at a certain point, when do you take a step back and think? So... You say that there's someone hissing, kill, kill, slice, die, eat. So you're following that voice. How about you tell me how that went for you, bro? I'll be waiting for you at the <laughs> in, in the dorms. <laughs> yeah. 
good I mean, luck. That's just that's just us though. We're not good <laughs> to be honest. To like to be complete. When I got sorted into Gryffindor, <laughs> bitch, I ain't dying for you. There is another way. There is another way. way. Yeah. And um, I'm gonna figure it out. Seriously. Um, yeah, so seriously. they were taking the news <laughs> worse than Harry had expected. Both Ron and Hermione seemed much more frightened of Black than he was. No one Which knows is how weird. He, it's like, It's weird that Harry's not at least a little bit. Like, I get it. But also, I'm like... From what you're hearing, he murdered 13 people. And he's at looking for you. At one time. And laughed about it. And laughed about it. And now he's looking for you. I would at least be concerned. Right. And I don't know if it's, like, Harry... I mean, he does say, like, I will not die in the mirror. It's like, you tell him, or whatever. <laughs> you tell but like, that. <laughs> um, and he, he also does believe that he's safe at Hogwarts because of Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't take away the concern of, like... Like, even just, like, there's, like... I, that sh- it should still bother you. Right? Well, like somebody's gonna come Yeah. Cause I mean I have this like on a on a much lower scale when they like I think we talked about on this podcast before, like if someone doesn't like me and I don't care, like or not that I don't care, like I care, right? Even if I know like that person their priorities are all messed up or I don't know that person or I they don't like me for a reason that is never gonna change, like they don't like me because I'm a Ravenclaw. Well, I'm a Ravenclaw. You know what I mean? Like, I am who I am, so I can't really help you with that. I'm still, like, oh, that sucks. They don't like... You know what I mean? Or, like, oh... Or, like, like it still bothers you at a, on some level. Yeah. People have been wanting to kill him since he was a baby, though. Maybe that's why. Maybe, Maybe he's he just, is. like, immune. <laughs> you know they talk about, like, desensitized? Like, we watch too many... Right. We watch too many violent movies and video games, so we're desensitized to violence. Maybe people have been trying to kill me my whole life. Gotta What's another person? What's for dinner? <laughs> right. Like, um, shit. I mean, to be honest, who's worse, Aunt Marge or Sirius? The mass murderer, Sirius Black, not actual. Sirius. The, no- the notorious, notorious mass, mass murderer, Sirius Black, or Aunt Marge? I guess too. That's a, that is also kind of a thing. It's like, well, I'm, to me, still, I'm sorry. The the mass murderer gets takes the, the prize there, um, because she can say all types of stuff, but. She ain't gonna kill alive. me. I'm still alive, <laughs> right? But like, I think too, maybe that is it. Like, he's gone through real, and I, I actually have a note about this later. But like, he's gone through enough stuff that he doesn't. Well, I was gonna say don't sweat the small stuff, but this ain't small. It's not like small. it's just it's, it's not, not. No, it totally makes no sense. I'm really it, confused about. Like, he's so cavalier here. about it. Like right. it's just. And like his like, and then Ron's like, no one knows how he got out of Azkaban. No one's ever done it before, and he was a top security prisoner too. So Ron's like, dude, you should be a little bit afraid. You know, yeah, just a little bit. Um, but they'll catch him, won't they? Said Hermione. I mean, they've got all the Muggles looking out for him too. Um, so a faint, tinny sort of whistle was coming from somewhere. Um, they looked around the compartment. Um, it's coming from Harry's trunk. A moment later, Harry pulled the pocket sneakoscope out from between Harry's robes. It was spinning very fast in the palm of Ron's hand and glowing brilliantly. Um, is that a sneakoscope? said Hermione. 
Yeah, mind you, it's a very cheap one, Ron said. It went haywire just as I was trying to tie Errol's, tying it, just as I was tying it to Errol's leg to send it to Harry. Um, so one scabbard. It works. But it, it and totally the Dementor. Works. The Dementor is also. No. Well, yeah, and the Dementor, but Scabbers is in there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that sneakoscope totally works, and it's totally really, works. It's so weird. It's like the point is it's supposed to detect treachery, but you're not actually. Paying you keep attention ignoring to it. it. What's the point of having it <laughs> if you're not actually gonna pay attention? Um, so um, were were you doing anything untrustworthy at the time? Said Hermione shrewdly. No. Well, I wasn't supposed to be using Errol. You know, he's not really up to long journeys. But how else was I supposed to get Harry's present to him? God See? damn it, Ron! You're the reason Errol passed out. You really had him going from Egypt to damn little whinging like that was okay. Knowing about his He's not really up for long journeys. Bitch, he almost died. <laughs> like <laughs> that is not not really. It's not the same. He Harry's is not present can wait. Listen. I'm not really up for it means I'll do it, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Errol is not, as in not capable, as in he you are going to make lucky. You would have had a dead owl and your best friend wouldn't have got his birthday present if Hedwig Knowles Carter hadn't showed up, so. With the accent. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Give it up for Hedwig. It's a problem. Um, stick it back in the trunk, Harry advised, or it'll, or it'll wake him up. Um, uh, Ron stuffed the sneakoscope back into a particularly horrible pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks, which deaded the sound. Um, we could get it checked in Hogsmeade, said Ron. They sell that sort of thing in Dervish and Bangs, magical instruments and stuff. Fred and George told me. Um, do you know much about Hogsmeade? I've read it's the only entirely non-Muggle settlement in Britain. Um, which raises the question again about the isolation of wizards if they're living with Muggles. But that that's what I'm like, saying. That still, I'm now. I'm, this is a hole that I don't understand. Also, though, can I talk about another hole in continuity? Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. So, it's I. I'm one of those really annoying people that likes to point out continuity errors and things, or not point. Like I don't know if I like to point them out. So, leaned out of the window to say goodbye to Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. This is on page sub the last the page before page seventy four. I need to talk to you in private. Go away, Jenny. And then they set off down the corridor looking for an empty compartment, right? But mm-hmm. before then, on page page 71, mm-hmm. they get into, they go into the platform, right? Harry leans casually across the, um, Harry and Arthur lean casually against the barrier. Um... Percy and Ginny suddenly appear behind Harry. Okay, here we go. Once the remaining Weasleys and Hermione had joined them, Harry and Ron led the way to the end of the train, past packed compartments to a carriage that looked quite empty. They loaded their trunks onto it. So you already loaded your trunks. And then when they went... To be, or when Harry needed to talk to them in private, Harry, Ron, and Hermione set off down the corridor looking for an empty compartment. All were full except for the one at the very end of the train. So it's the same compartment that they loaded their trunks onto? Um, mm, that is a good question. See? Okay, that's it. I just wanted to point out yeah. that continuity <laughs> error. 
Um, oh. I'm like the I'm like the grammar Nazi that's like <laughs> magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's how? Yeah. I don't know. Um, um, no, that's actually, no, that's real. So, um, um, they start talking about Hogsmeade, um, and it's the entire, only entirely non-Muggle settlement in Britain. So, mm-hmm. the other thing that I was thinking is, like, the like the Weasleys who live near a Muggle town, but... Not really. Are really. in, yeah, are more in, like, rural and, like, set apart. There could be that sort of thing. There's, like, like you know, like, I went to school in the Midwest, and I went to school actually pretty close to an to like Amish country, really. So you would see the Amish come in, um, like you would be just like driving, and every once in a while you would see like a horse and buggy, and they would come in to like get supplies and stuff. The, we were the nearest town, I guess, or it was like the place that you would go to like get more feed or whatever when you had to go into town. Right. But they definitely on the data on a day to day basis did not like see anyone so maybe more rural as in like farming kind of land is that is that how most maybe. wizards live but then there's also like godrick's hollow yeah which is named after a wizard but there are muggles that live there yeah i'm very interested in the history of godrick's hollow but that's like a separate thing. i mean but it could be named uh, after a wizard and they just are told that like he's a famous muggle that did something yeah he was yeah. a founder of the town or whatever you know it's like medieval time so that's so long ago that they could just make some shit exactly out. and so um or they could not know what it comes from because like harry didn't know yeah so yeah it's like there's it's so far removed that i'm sure there's probably a town or something named after like salazar slytherin and people are just like okay some old dude from a long time ago um salazar's um sorry now i want to make it up um slytherin street slytherin way slytherin street um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it's just kind of interesting though because you have like Diagon Alley and it's like a bustling kind of like place and then like Gringotts Bank. If you're working there, um, there are like, <laughs> um, there's an amazing Tumblr post that's like when they talk about like um, Harry Potter and representation and everything and someone's like, Charlie Weasley's literal job is to steal money. <laughs> like Bill Weasley's but Bill yeah, Weasley, yeah, sorry. You. But like it's to go steal gold for this bank. But um mm-hmm. there are people that work there, there are people that like shopkeepers, like Florian Fortescue. Like does he just live above his shop? Ooh, Where does I he think, you know what I, I mean? Like what kind of commu- it, but commute is yeah, that? I don't want to take the time to look it up right now, but I think it, they might. Maybe. Some might. But yeah, it's like otherwise they're living in London. I mean, you know, I live in Southside Diagon Alley, so they got some, they got some, uh, <laughs> they got some homes there. Uh, some studios, some, some, uh, mm-hmm. what do they call them? They don't call them what projects. Happens? They call them, whatever, I'll have to figure it out. In the casual vacancy, they, they talk about it all the time. But anyway, um, yeah, but then that's like, yeah, you're living in London. Or even if you are living on, in Diagon Alley, you're you're still living in London, so how are you so far removed from Muggle culture and life? It makes no sense. Um, okay, so yeah, so they talk about the sweet shop. Um, they talk about, oh, of course, so Ron is very, like, interested in the sweets, 
and Hermione is very interested in the history. Mm -hmm. So they're just like both me at the same time. It's awesome. Um, so like, so sorry, there's pepper imps, choco balls. Uh, that is not where I thought you were going to start. That that's not where I was going to, but then I I had to, um, (laughs) and really excellent sugar quills, um, which you can suck in class and just like you're thinking what to write next. Um, and then Hermione says, in sight of historical sorcery, it says the inn was, um, the inn was, uh, headquarters for the 1612 Goblin Rebellion. Sneaking shacks. We need to know. Well, didn't we, don't we need like a, what are those? Yeah. But also though, I feel like I would be on the side of the goblins. I know. Just so you know. Like when we learn about the, when we, because I'm, because the goblins are like the closest thing we have to like people of color on here. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit later. Um, I mean, other than like the four people of color we actually have. Um, and the Shrieking Shack's supposed to be the most severely haunted building in Britain. Uh, and massive sherbet balls that make you levitate a few inches off the ground when you're sucking them, said Ron, who was plainly not listening to a word Hermione was saying. Um, so then Harry has to tell them that he can't go to Hogsmeade because the Dursleys didn't sign his permission form. Ron um, looked horrified. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed like, to come. That is a rolled up. I just love Ron. I love it. He is just like, what do you mean? He's. Did you he's not just hear me talk about the sugar quills? What are you talking about? You can't go. What you mean you can't go? This is oppression. Yeah. <laughs> Which it is. It is oppression. <laughs> um, so then he suggests McGonagall. Um, could sign the form um or they could ask fred and george they know every secret passage out of the castle ron said hermione i don't think harry should be sneaking out of school with black on the loose um yeah i expect that what that's what mcgonagall will say when i ask for permission but if we're with him said ron black wouldn't dare oh Ron, (laughs) don't talk rubbish black's already murdered a whole bunch of people in the middle of a crowded street do you really think he's going to worry about attacking harry just because we're there facts man Facts on facts on But facts. also, he wouldn't because he wouldn't attack Harry. But the notorious <laughs> mass right. murderer. The no- notorious mass murderer, serious black. Yeah. Totally wouldn't he ain't, he ain't worried about you and, no. and Hermione, Ron. Um, we're, we're making a, dis- this is now like a thing. A, we're distinguishing between serious and notorious mass, mass murderer, murderer, serious black. black. Um, also uh, though, because I went to Harry Potter trivia in between tapings and I have bones to pick. With the trip mm-hmm. with the um, quiz master, and I figured that I would. I'm I'm going to at some point though. Um, maybe put out these questions for everyone. Um, hit us up in the wizard team Twitter if you want. If you want to take this quiz, I wrote down all of the questions and all of the answers. But so one of the questions was, how many passageways were there from Hogs Hogwarts? To Hogsmeade. Weren't there three? Thank you. We said, well, the one lady said, oh, the girl said four, but I was like, I think there was only three, but two didn't work. So maybe it was five, but two didn't no. work? Because one was caved in. No, 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 they don't all go to Hogsmeade. There's Thank like you! There's seven, there's like seven, but they don't, they don't all, all go, go to Hogsmeade. There's three that go to Hogsmeade, one that's, car- one that's buried in, one that's Swamping Willow, and one that goes to the basement of Honeydukes. What was the answer that they gave? Seven. Yeah, they're idiots. But actually, now that you're saying that, though, the Womp... Honestly, don't you two read, read 
The Whomping Willow, though, is definitely not in Hogsmeade, so... But the one no, that goes... It goes to, no, but it goes to the Shrieking Shack, so that is in Hogsmeade. Oh, you're, you were only the doing the, the three... Okay, I was like, the three that you named all go to Hogsmeade. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying, yeah. I, I don't remember... The, the, where, I don't think it's ever said where the other four go. Yeah, but only three go to Hogsmeade! Actually go to Hogsmeade, yeah. Thank you! So y'all can all, <laughs> at HP Trivia... And let homeboy know they don't all go to Hogsmeade. You wrong. Also, Sirius gave Harry his first broom. I don't fucking care what the first one that we found. Blah, 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 blah. No, Sirius gave Harry his first broom. Don't ask the question that way if you don't want the real answer. Period. So, so real quick, I actually didn't hear anything you just said, but like I just got to see the. <laughs> The animated part? I think you need to, like, try to replug in something. I think you messed it up. Oh. Okay. But that was amazing. Because all I saw was you... I saw you going off, but I didn't hear you go off, which was awesome. Basically, what I was saying was, Mm -hmm. Sirius gave Harry his first broom. Don't ask the question that way if you don't want the real answer. Don't come at me later and being like, what I meant was the first one that we see in the mo- in the books. The first one that we know about in the books. That's not what not you too. said. You said who gave, who gave Harry his first broom. Also, the first one that we hear about in the books doesn't matter. His first broom. No. It's not how serious. that works. Don't, don't be shading serious and think that you ain't gonna get caught, called out on it. Oh boy. Homie. Whoo. Also, I'm starting my own Harry Potter trivia because of things like that. Hey, don't be pulling out our. Oh no, that's a, I'm doing a I'm doing a nerd trivia night. Oh yeah, at the, at the hatch. Um, okay. At the hatch. So, back to what we were talking about. Okay, so um, Hermione open let's let's Crookshanks out. Um, don't let that thing out, Ron said, but it was too late. Um. And then Ron is being mean because Scabber was scared or whatever. But who cares about Scabber? Crookshank sprang onto wait wait wait. Crookshank sprang onto Ron's knees, and he shoved Crookshank mm-hmm. angrily away. So who cares about Scabber? It's very true. But like also, you gotta control I your mean, cat. I mean, that's true. Like, you gotta really do. You do have to control your pet. Yo, yo, animal can't just be jumping on people. Both of them be tripping. It's like Crookshank just does what Crookshank yeah. does, and I'm gonna let him cook. But like. Hermione needs to be better about her pets and people, um, and Ron needs to chill a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, but that's also just, it's a very weird thing, because, like, the more I was thinking about this, like, you can, like, the fact that they allow cats, because you can be allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. And, like, deathly alert. Like, my friend, my best friend can't be in the room with a cat for more than, like, five minutes. And it's also, like, some people just don't like pets. Like, I don't want your pet. And they have roommates. You don't got to ask your roommate if it's okay if you got a cat. You can just have a cat, a toad. Like, if I don't like pets, I could just be rooming with two two cats and three toads. Pretty much. And then if you're a Weasley, whatever, <laughs> whatever they the fuck. decide to bring. Because they, they can bring whatever kind of animal anime they want. Guy, like, Animagus, I mean, mm-hmm. is bring whatever. Well, I'm saying, though, because Ron got, got a, a rat. Man. That's not on the approved list. <laughs> In the... <laughs> in the damn dormitory. He pay. And then Ginny goes and gets a pygmy puff. A, a, a with like, pygmy what puff. That, that ain't on the list. <laughs> that ain't on the list of approved of approved totally pets. Not. What? 
Okay. Um, so, um, Ron, don't, said Hermione angrily, but at the same time, like, yeah. get your cat. Um, <laughs> Ron was about to answer when Professor Lupin stirred. Um, they watched him apprehensively, but he turned his head the other way, mouth slightly open as he slept on. The Hogwarts Express moved steadily on north. And the scenery outside their window became louder and darker. Um, at one o'clock, a plump witch with the food cart, the plump witch with the food cart came to the door. Do you think we should wake him up? Ron said awkwardly. He looks like he could do with mm-hmm. some food. Um, Hermione approached Professor Lupin cautiously professor excuse me professor don't worry dear said the witch if he's hungry when he wakes i'll be in the front with the driver i suppose he is he is asleep i mean he hasn't died has he no he's breathing said hermione those are good questions though you don't want to be hanging out in a apartment I mean, that's with a true, but person. i feel like somebody would have noticed before <laughs> he just right you know he was also like he just moved right. like, like not, not that long, too long ago. ago it was like what calm down run a couple hours maybe <laughs> Um, it's only one yeah. o'clock. They only been on the train two hours. <laughs> like, chill right. out a little bit. Calm down. So, he may not have been very good company, but his presence in their compartment had its uses. Mid afternoon, just as it had started to rain, Draco Malfoy, flanked by his cronies Vincent and oh, Vincent <laughs> and Goyle, Crab and Goyle. Um, and then we have a we have um, a paragraph of summary about like who these people are, but we know at this point. Yeah, yeah, we know who they are. They they. They them fuck boys from Slytherin. Um, well, look who it is, said Malfoy in his usual lazy drawl. Potty and the Weasel. That actually is a pretty cool band name. There probably is one. There might be a wizard rock, rocking, riz, wizard rock band named Potty and the Weasel. Crab and Goyle chuckled trollishly, which we have to, you know, point <laughs> out when we got to get all anti-human on the on the mean yep. people. Um, Ron stood up so quickly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I heard your father finally got his hands on some gold this summer, Weasley. Did your mother die of shock? Ron stood up so quickly, he knocked Crookshank's basket to the floor. Professor Lupin gave a snort. Who's that? New teacher, said Harry, getting to his feet in case he had he needed to hold Ron back. What were you saying, Malfoy? Obviously, Malfoy's a, tr- a troll, but also a coward. So he was like, all right, let's go. Those um... He didn't want those problems. But Ron was massaging his knuckles. Chill, bruh. <laughs> I'm not taking any crap from Malfoy this year. I mean it. If he makes one more crack about my family, I'm going to get a hold of his head and wrong his Hermione. Be careful. But Professor Lupin was still fast asleep. I man after my own heart. He's like, I'm napping. Right, I don't care what's going on. Um, we must be nearly mm-hmm. there, Sarah Ron. So, wait, sorry. It's been some more hours. You must be nearly there, said Ron. Um, the words had hardly left him when the train started to slow down. Great, said Ron, um, getting up. I'm starving. I want to get to the feast. We can't be there yet, said Hermione. So why are we stopping? The train was getting slower and slower as the noise of the pistons fell away. The wind and rain sounded louder than ever against the windows. Harry, who was nearest the door, got up to look into the corridor all along the carriage um heads were sticking curiously out from their compartments the train came to a stop with a jolt um then without warning all the lamps went out and they were plunged into total darkness um what's going on said ron's voice ouch gasped hermione ron that was my foot harry felt his way back to the seat do you think we we've broken down dunno there was a squeaking sound and harry saw the dim black outline of ron wiping a patch clean of on the window and peering out 
There's something moving out there, Ron said. I think people are coming aboard. The compartment door suddenly opened and someone fell painfully over Harry's legs. Sorry, do you know what's going on? Ouch, sorry. Hello, Neville, said Harry. Harry, is that you? What's happening? No idea. Sit down. There was a loud hissing and a yelp of pain. Neville tried to sit on Crookshanks. Um, I'm going to go and ask the driver what's going on, came Hermione's voice. Um, Harry felt her pass him, heard the door slide open again, and then a thud and two loud squeals of pain. Who's that? Who's that? Ginny? Hermione? What are you doing? I was looking for Ron. Come in and sit down. Not here, said Harry. I'm here. Ouch, said Neville. Can we stop Quiet, for said a, horse a second? Voice suddenly. Sorry, I was trying to stop at a... Oh, I get <laughs> it. The, the dialogue. Yes, but I just had to. Because this is some white people stuff. You notice who didn't come in this compartment? Dean. Because when the lights <laughs> went off, Dean kept his black ass in his seat. <laughs> so I can't see shit. I ain't walking around this train. That's real. Why are y'all walking around? You can't see nothing. You can't drive a train for what I can tell. So what no, you gonna do? Sit. Be still. Be scared in your own goddamn seat. Right. Like, where were they? Weren't they in a compartment with some people? Yes. Like, why didn't... Why, why are you moving around? Ginny's, like, rationale, like, she's looking for her brother. But Neville, why the fuck did... Where were you? And why did you come? Where were what you? What the point? Okay. Anyway. I don't. But then also, like, we can even go from, you know... Before the lights went out and Harry's looking out the door and there's a bunch of people looking around like, why'd we stop? Like, can y'all fix the train? (laughs) So what you could do, chill out. If the train did break down, wait until the conductor or the lady with the cart come by and be like, hey, yo, this is what's going on. But from what I can, where I'm sitting, y'all 13 years old. It's true. So finally, Professor Lupin appeared to woke to have woken up. Harry could hear movements in his corner. None of them spoke. There was a soft crackling noise and a shivering light filled the compartment. He appeared to be holding a handful of flames. Because he's lit. Were they blue? Because he's lit. I know it's a pun, <laughs> but I'm I'm sticking with it. It was a, a it was a good pun. one. Um, yes. Stay where you are, he said. Stay. Um, but the door sl- or he got to his feet. With a handful of fire held out in front of them, but the door slid slowly open before Lupin could reach it. Um, standing in the doorway, illuminated by the shivering flames in Lupin's hand, was a cloaked figure that towered to the ceiling. Its face was completely hidden beneath his hood. Harry's eyes darted downward, and what he saw made his stomach contract. There was a hand protruding from the cloak, and it was glistening, grayish, slimy-looking, and scabbed, like something dead that had decayed in water. But it was visible only for a split second, as though the creature behind, beneath the cloak sensed Harry's gaze. The hand was suddenly withdrawn into the folds of its black cloak. And then the thing beneath the hood, whatever it was, drew a long, slow, rattling breath, as though it were trying to suck something more than the air from its surroundings. An intense cold swept over them all. Harry felt his own breath catch in his chest. The cold went deeper than his skin. It was inside his chest. It was inside his very heart. Harry's eyes rolled up into his head. He couldn't see. He was drowning in cold. There was a rush in his ears as though of water. He was being dragged downward, the roaring growing louder. And then from far away, he heard screaming, terrible, terrible, or terrible, terrified, pleading screams. He wanted to help whoever it was. 
He tried to move his arms, but couldn't. A thick white fog was swirling around him, inside him. It's so scary. Um, I, it just, Harry, Harry, are you all right? Someone was sobbing his face. What? Harry opened his eyes. There were lanterns above him and the floor was shaking. The Hogwarts Express was moving again. Are you okay? Ron asked nervously. Yes. What happened? Um, what was that thing? Who screamed? No one screamed. Harry looked around the bright compartment. Ginny and Neville looked back at him, both very pale. pale. I heard screaming. A loud snap made them all jump. Professor Lupin was breaking an enormous slab of chocolate into pieces. Magic! Chocolate is amazing. Eat it. It'll help. What was that wait, thing? Wait, this is, wait. He this asked. is important. Harry took the chocolate, but oh. didn't eat it. But what? didn't eat it. Yes, Why? that is important. What's wrong with you? Because he's feeling, he's going through Take something right now. Take a damn bite of the chocolate. He, I understand. But chocolate always makes you feel better. Somebody gives you chocolate. You don't even, it doesn't have to be like, ooh, thanks so much. Just take a small bite of the chocolate. What's wrong with you? Sorry. You I done? Am. You finished or you done? done? All right. Whew. Okay. Um, what was that thing? He asked Lupin. A Dementor. One of the Dementors of Azkaban. Everyone stared at him. Lupin crumpled up the empty chocolate rack. Crumpled up the empty chocolate wrapper, even though he only took a slab of it. How is it empty? I think empty? he gave it to everyone. He said handing, okay. yeah, he handed um, Harry a particularly large piece, but I think he gave it to Okay. And kept yeah. handing it out. Okay, eat, it'll help. I need to speak to the driver. Are you sure you're okay? You're okay, Harry, said Hermione. I don't get it. What happened? Well, that thing, the Dementor, stood there and looked around. I mean, I think it did. I couldn't see its face. And you... I thought you were having a fit or something, said Ron. You went sort of rigid and fell out of your seat and started twitching. And Professor Lupin stepped over you and walked toward the Dementor, pulled out his wand, and he said, none of us are hiding serious black under our cloaks. Go. But the Dementor didn't move. So Lupin muttered something, and a silvery silvery thing shot out of his wand at it, and it turned around and sort of glided away. Aha! Is that... I don't know. Might as well. Patronus is awesome. Um, really quick though, yeah. and there could be a reason for this, but I think it's interesting that like Ron, Ginny, and Neville don't know what a Dementor is as like pure blood children, and that Hermione oh, yeah. doesn't know what it is given all the reading that she's done. I mean, but then again, like we go back to with Hermione, like the reading, reading of something. It's ba- yeah, it's usually based um, off of something. It's not she, the same. Like she doesn't know that she doesn't know about it. Exactly. Um, but the other thing is that no one likes to talk about them. And maybe this goes into the, like, Azkaban guards mm-hmm. type of thing. But, um, I just don't think, I don't know. I just think that it's not like, it's not the type of creature that you would find in every day, in your everyday. And as a kid... I can see you not, or as a parent, I guess I can see you not wanting to bring it up. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's weird, but also I could see like, um, especially like Molly and Arthur not wanting to like, talk about that. Not what, yeah. Yeah. Like not wanting to, like it's, be like, you know you're not going to ask a band, you good. 
Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to me. I mean, (laughs) you won't need to worry about no Dementors. You know, but there is like, there is like this thing where I could see on the one hand from like, you know, Fred and George should probably know about the Dementors. Right, because they're like, that's the fifth year. They should have heard about them by now. Well, not even that, but like in terms of, um, God, you really need to watch Arrested Development. But there is like, you know, like just like the kind of the boogeyman type of thing, like how people are scared of going to prison. Like your mom will be like, Oh, I, my mom, because I, I accidentally stole a newspaper once and I started crying because I thought I was going to prison. <laughs> and my mom had to, like, sit down and be like, hey, you didn't, like, mean to steal it. I thought that they were free. You know, they have, like, the big well, stack. Mm-hmm. And you just take them, but you're supposed to go inside and pay for oh, them. And you just took it. I just was like, oh, newspapers, I'm to read. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a delinquent. So I started crying. And then my, because my mom was like, you stole that. I was like. No, it, it's, but she's like, see that 25 cent or whatever it was. And I started, I was like, I'm going to jail. And so my mom had to like calm me down. But that used to be like, I mean, that's the thing though. It's like parenting, right? Like don't steal because you can go to jail. And it's more about, like I, we mentioned before in the Chamber of Secrets, it's like it's more about the getting in trouble than the like not doing right. the bad thing for like at a certain point in parenting. Like the, the, moral implications of theft might be too much to explain to a child, but, like, getting in trouble and, you know, time out in prison or whatever, it's, like, it's enough to scare them off of doing the bad thing. So, especially for, like, precocious, I'm gonna say precocious in terms of the Mm -hmm. twins, um, because they're not evil, or, I mean, they're not, they're bad. They're bad, but they're not malicious um you would think that like the dementor would definitely be used as like a deterrent from like you turn your brother's teddy bear into a spider one more again and the dementors are coming and you're going to ask me he didn't do that on purpose and i can't help you i know but you know what i mean like and Maybe, like, the time Fred was trying to um, make Ron do an unbreakable vow with him. Like, that's... <laughs> that, yeah. You, you need, you need a, a whooping, basically. Like, you gotta go. Right. Like, don't ever in your life. Uh, and I could just... I would just think, like, the inter- so in terms of using the mentors as a, like, a scare tactic to keep your kids in line, Maybe. But other than that, I don't see how they would really come up. Because you don't want to, you know, it's the whole thing. Again, wow, wow, these books are amazing. <laughs> it's the whole thing about, like, preserving joy versus, like, telling them everything that's yeah. out there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, like, do you think she did that on purpose? Or do you think we're just that good? We made that we made that connection because we're that we're good. Just, I mean, I... I like to believe that she thought through every single little detail, but I also like to think that we're awesome and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was horrible, said Neville. <laughs> Did you feel how cold it got when it came in? I felt w- weird, said Ron. Like I'd never be cheerful again. Jenny, who was huddled in her corner, yeah. looking nearly as bad as Harry felt, gave a small sob. Hermione went over and put a comforting arm around her. Um, but didn't any of you fall off your seat, said Harry awkwardly. No, he said, looking anxiously at Harry again. Ginny was shaking like mad, though. And that's because they've both mm-hmm. been through trauma. Like, and Ginny's is not that long exactly. ago, which and is it's like... Still, it's only what been a couple you, months. Like, 
it's yeah, it's literally a summer ago. It's fresh mm-hmm. and um this is also like it kind of reminds me of the beginning of Order of the Phoenix when Harry goes and he sees the Thestrals and stuff and it's like hard because Hermione and Ron, as much as they want to empathize with him, they can't understand that level of trauma. Like, they just don't have the emotional vocabulary to, like, really understand why the Dementor would have that kind of effect on Harry. Um, Harry also didn't understand it. He felt weak and shivery as though he were recovering from a bad bout of the flu. He also felt the beginnings of shame. Why had he gone to pieces like that when no one else had? And this is one of the best allusions to depression. And I know that the whole, all of the dementors as a whole is an allusion Mm -hmm. to depression. Um, But as someone who, you know, suffers from depression and mental illness, um, that is so real in a way that like, I don't think I ever clocked before this reading Mm -hmm. of the book that, he felt weak and like he has like the physical he's going through the physical like implications of coming into contact with them because depression especially but I don't know I don't know how everyone deals with everything so I'm not gonna you know personally my depression and anxiety and OCD is very physical so when I'm not in a good place it it, it 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 I get actually physically ill, as just not as a, on top of just like not you know wanting to do anything or you know feeling nothing a lot of times. I also feel pain. Like I it's I'm exhausted. I feel like I have the flu. Like I have all of the symptoms of like that kind of you know that like when you're so like you're bone mm-hmm. tired. You know that like I, idea. You have all of that, and then the thing that kicks it into something otherworldly is that you then have the shame and the stigma of, I physically feel this way, but there is nothing wrong with me. Or there's something wrong with you. But, you know, society-wise. Right, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is, like, he immediately no- is like, why did no one else feel like feel like this? Um, and then he immediately yes, like, why does no one else as opposed to being like, that's... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's a... Yeah. As opposed to thinking, like, oh, people, like, react to it in different ways. It's more like, there's something wrong with me. It's like, there's something wrong. Exactly. And I'm inherently Mm -hmm. weak or not good enough. Not good enough. But, like, not strong enough to, like, deal with this. And he also has that, I'm Harry Potter. I'm the chosen one. I am the boy who lived. And yet... I'm afraid of serious Black. I'm mass murderer serious Black notorious mass murderer serious black i ain't scared but then this thing comes and i mm-hmm. react in a way like neville didn't like and I, I can like hear in in harry's brain being like but wait neville is fine neville's right. good but i'm on the floor you know what i mean and so like that is whew. Mm-hmm. you know and i never clocked it until this reading um, and this is my favorite book, so I, I'm intimately <laughs> tied to this book. Um, anyway, so we'll be in Hogwarts, we'll be oh, at wait, Hogwarts wait, wait, in wait. 10 minutes. Are you, 
Professor Lupin comes back. I did. I missed it. I haven't poisoned that chocolate, you know. Harry took a bite and to his great surprise felt warmth spread suddenly to the tips of his fingers and toes. Duh. Duh. And also just to go into, there's a Pottermore Mm -hmm. article um, about the mood enhancing properties of chocolate. It's called Dementors and Chocolate. It's written by J.K. Rowling, so it's not like a Pottermore-y article. Um... Chocolate is the perfect antidote for anyone who has been overcome in the presence of Dementors, which suck hope and happiness out of their surroundings. Chocolate can only be a short-term remedy. Finding finding ways to fight off Dementors are essential to becoming to one becoming permanently happier. And excessive chocolate consumption cannot benefit neither Muggle or Wizard. So you know moderation, <laughs> but it's well known. Um, its mood-enhancing properties are well-known to both the Muggle and Wizard world, so, you know. Make sure you, make sure Magic! you get chocolate, you guys. Just go out and all right, all right. chocolate. Okay. All right, Bayana. You can also, if you don't want chocolate, <laughs> you can just send it to me. It's awesome. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um. Send it to her in ice cream form so she can't eat it. I can eat ice cream. I don't even, I actually don't like chocolate ice cream. So... I don't know. I just, that's like the one. Like, I love chocolate and I don't like chocolate ice cream and I love ice cream and I don't like that that one. It's it's weird. That combination, it's very weird. That is weird. Um, But you also don't like coffee ice cream that much. I don't like coffee though, so that makes sense. That is also weird. So, so they, um, they'll be at Hogwarts in 10 minutes and Harry didn't ask how Professor Lupin knew his name, but he clocked that, right? How do you know my... They, didn't, have been, they haven't done introductions. Your name, your, your Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. And that's the thing. So this is an interesting... It's like it's like when people... Like when I'm in Oakland, obviously not here, but when I'm in... When I'm home and I run into people and I don't know who they are, but they seem to know everything about me, I automatically assume that they know <laughs> one of my parents, usually my dad. Um, and so I'm usually I just... And Her usually I just... Act like I know them, and then afterwards I'm like, oh yeah, you, they knew my dad, and I move on with my life. So that's that's like one of the things with Harry is like you just gotta assume you're Harry Potter, they know you. I mean, obviously the relationship Fun story, between him though. and Lupin and like the whole that whole, sorry, yeah, that yeah. whole relationship is much more deep. It's like deeper than that, but just generally, just like yeah, I'm Harry Potter. Cool. You're famous. Yeah. Everyone knows your name, um, and also like in book one or year one, he walked into the, or he was on the Hogwarts Express and it was like spreading like wildfire that he was there. Um, But fun, fun story. I met this girl who lives in Chicago and I was like, oh my God, Bionna, you have to meet her. She's like, you guys are going to hang out. She's super fun. She's so cool. And then I like introduced them via the magic of the internet. And then she was like, oh wait, Bionna Davis? (laughs) Like Hadari (laughs) Davis' daughter? And I was like, my dad knows everyone. He knows everyone. I thought I was going to get some credit, but nah. Um, okay, so um, they scramble, or they they stop at Hogsmeade Station. There's a great scramble to get outside. Owls hooted, cats meowed, and Neville's pet toad croaked loudly from under his hat. I was about to say, that's why, why, that's why Neville um, don't like, I mean, that's why Trevor don't mess with him, <laughs> to be honest. Right? Like, I can't be in the pocket? Right. Neville, come on. Why am I here with your Gross hair. ass. It was all this life. <laughs> um, so first he was this way, called a familiar voice. Harry, Ron, and Hermione turned and saw a gigantic outline of Hagrid 
at the other end of the platform. All right, you three. Hagrid yelled over the heads of the crowd, singling them out. They had waved at him but had no chance to speak to him because the mass of people around them were shunting them away along the platform. Harry, Ron, and Hermione followed the rest of the school along the platform and out into a rough mud track where at least 100 stagecoaches awaited the remaining students. This is the first time we see the horseless is carriages. It, did we see them last year? Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, no. Because they took the car. That's true. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time we get to see like how the non-first mm-hmm. years get to Hogwarts. That's so funny. I think or, I never clocked it because Hogwarts. it's never been like a... Um, it's, there's not a big deal made out of it, really. Like, it's, like, put, it's yeah. written, and that's what it is. So I just never clocked that that was the first time we actually saw that. Yeah. So this is the part I love, though. Um, at least 100 stagecoaches awaited the remaining students. Each pulled, Harry could only assume, by an invisible horse. Because when they climbed inside and shut the door, the coaches set off all by itself, bumping and swaying in procession. Or magic. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, you... We, you have cars, like an engine. Right. <laughs> That's hella real. Like, but I think because it has, I actually have no vocabulary for stagecoaches, but doesn't it have like the things that like connect to the horses? That's, then it, wouldn't it be? It might. Yeah. So you could see the. The like connector thing. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> not. The yeah. saddle. Not, no, not the, the saddle. saddle rope, it's like the. The rope. Yeah. No, yeah. I know what you're talking Whatever about. Whatever it is. Y'all know the, what I mean. The headpiece is just floating in midair. Yeah. Um, The connector. (laughs) Y'all know what we're talking about. Um, I always took a thought about it, and this is true. That's a good. That's a good observation. (laughs) Shout out to Aminata. Um, But I always just thought like, oh, maybe because it's bumping and swaying, like it's not smooth. But they're in mud, Mm. so like it wouldn't be smooth. But yeah, I was always just like, Harry, my bruh, like (laughs) right. I can only assume it's an invisible horse. Like, or... <laughs> there are a lot, I mean, there are a lot of things. There are a lot of, a lot of ways. Um, yeah, so... As the carriages trundled toward a pair of magnificent wrought iron gates, um, Harry saw two more towering hooded Dementors standing guard on either side. A wave of cold sickness threatened to engulf him again. He leaned back into the lumpy seat and closed his eyes until they had passed the gates. The carriage picked up speed on the long sloping drive up to the castle. Hermione was leaning out of the tiny window, watching the many turrets and towers draw near. At last, the carriage swayed to a halt, and Hermione and Ron got out. As Harry stepped down, a drawling, delighted voice sounded in his ear. You fainted, Potter? Is Longbottom telling the truth? You actually okay, fainted? Okay, so Neville. Neville. What are you doing? Come on now. Like, I don't understand. First of all, why even go Keep tell kids out of grown folks' business. Second of all, why ever tell Draco Malfoy of all people? Or at least say anything in I will give decision. Neville a... I would give Neville a pass and say that he didn't tell Draco. Maybe said it in his vicinity. That's true. Why would you do that? But also, like Dumbledore said, it's a secret, so naturally the whole school but like, knows. But Neville, you don't want um, to be an active... Because, you know, news travels. But, yeah. Participant in that. I'm going to need, need you to not... <laughs> I'm gonna need you to know. Like, they, y'all room together. So you should know, like, this is literally, this is the wizarding equivalent of homeboy from the Lakers taking that video of Swaggy P and trying to put it on Instagram and ruining his, like, 
engagement, which actually Swaggy P should totally thank you for because he should not be marrying Iggy Azalea. But either way, like, that's like, I want to say bro code, but that's just like life code. That's like adult code. Like, come on. Yeah. You know? Like, just chill. chill. No stitching. Snitches get stitches. Um. Snitches, snitches don't get snitches. They get stitches. <laughs> okay. Um. Witches get snitches and snitches get stitches. <laughs> Shove off Malfoy, said Ron. Did you faint as well, Weasley? Did the whole, did the scary old Dementor frighten you too, Weasley? Is there a problem, said a mild voice. Professor Lupin had just gotten out of the next carriage. Um, Malfoy gave Professor Lupin an insolent stare, which took in the patches on his robes and the dilapidated suitcase. With a tiny, tiny hint of sarcasm in his voice, he said, Oh no, a uh, professor. Then he smirked at Crabbe and Goyle and led them up the steps into the castle. Um, so they go inside um they're on they're walking towards the great hall when a voice called potter granger i want to see you both harry and hermione turned around surprised professor mcgonagall transfiguration teacher and head of gryffindor house was calling over their heads of the crowd um uh harry fought his way over to her with a feeling of foreboding professor mcgonagall had a way of making him feel he must have done something wrong <laughs> there's no need to look worried to look so worried i just want a word in my office she told them move along there weasley um so they go to her office um professor mcgonagall motioned harry and hermione to sit down um professor lupin sent an owl ahead to say that you were taken ill on the train potter before harry could reply there was a soft knock on the door and madame pomfrey the nurse came bustling in can we just appreciate just for i mean it's going to be a little bit longer than two seconds just the fact that we get McGonagall and Madame Pomfrey in the same scene. In the, in the same, same room. room. At the same time. It's amazing. All that. Um, all that If Remus wasn't in this chapter, they would be the MVPs just for being in the same place at the same time. Our general <laughs> <Just> principle. <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> um, Harry felt himself going red in the face. <laughs> It was bad enough that he'd passed out or whatever he had done without everyone making all this fuss. I'm fine, he said. I don't need anything. Oh, it's you, is it? Said Madame Pomfrey, ignoring this and bending down to stare closely at him. I suppose you've been doing something dangerous again. (laughs) I'm just like, the best people are in this chapter. That's why there's so many hearts. Miranda Bailey. That's why there's so many hearts. I'm like Miranda Bailey just comes in like, like, "Mm." um, excuse me. Um, (laughs) It was a Dementor poppy, said Professor McGonagall. You know her face. You know Poppy's face. Like, like, of course mm, it's you. This motherfucker right here. Like, you always, you always got some. You all, I, some. Always in always. my office. Um, they exchange a dark look, and Madame Pomfrey clucked disapprovingly, which is like, you see this more and more. Um, Arthur talked about the Dementor or the Askman guards and how he wasn't a big fan of them. We know that Dumbledore isn't a fan and didn't and had to be convinced to let them be stationed at Hogwarts which also is because of Harry and um, who they think Sirius is after. Um, and now McGonagall and Madame Pomfrey, two of the baddest witches to ever wear the mm-hmm. name, or to ever ever in the game. That's right, right? Mm-hmm. In the game. Two of the baddest witches in the game right now are like, they don't mess with the Dementors. Um... Madame Pomfrey clucked disapprovingly, setting Dementors around a school. He won't be the last one who collapses. Yes, he's all clammy. Terrible things they are. And the effect they have on people who are already delicate. 
I'm not delicate, said Harry crossly. Of course you're not, said Madame Pomfrey, absentmindedly taking it. <laughs> Love She's her. Um, I only see Miranda so Bailey funny. now. Um, what does he need to Professor Ooh. McGonagall? Bed rest? Should he perhaps spend the night in the hospital ring? I'm fine, said Harry. <laughs> the thought of what Draco Malfoy would say if he had to go to the hospital wing was torture. Well, he should have some chocolate at the very least, said Madame Pomfrey. I've already had some, said Harry. Professor Lupin gave me some. He gave it to all of us. Did he now, said Madame Pomfrey. So we finally got the defense against the dark arts teacher who knows his remedies. Um, shade, but also I'm really excited about this. Also, I have a question. So we know like Lupin had, um, he had chocolate. Um, because he was prepared. He knew the mentors were going to be at Hogwarts. He was like, well, I'm going to come prepared. Yeah. But I wonder how much chocolate he had. Like, he only had enough for the um, compartment, or was he, like, passing out right. chocolate on his way to the front of the train? That would be awesome. I just... That's my yeah. dad canon. <laughs> oh, yes! That is also... I'm, in, I'm with you on that head canon. I think that that's what he was like, doing. He, he, he probably had better. the... Um, it feel better. The trolley lady was like... He call, he went back to the talk to the conductor, and he was like, all right, look. This is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna need to send this owl ahead. Um, Charlie lady, what's your name? Oh yeah, hi, I'm Lupin. Nice to meet you. You go this way. I go this way. You give out chocolate this way, and I give out chocolate this way. Just like putting it all together, Mm -hmm. making it work. Like let's get a system together. Delegating. The best. Awesome. Um, Um, Are you sure you feel all right, Potter? Professor McGonagall said. Yes, said Harry. Very well. Kindly wait outside while I have a quick word with Miss Granger about her course schedule. Then we can go down to the feast together. Time travel is about to happen. It's so lit. I'm really excited about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to think about, though, is that we're going we're gonna to see that, you know, they miss the sorting as um, Hermione gets her time turner. Spoiler! And Harry had to get... Um, met with or get checked over by Madame Pomfrey but who took the first year then that is a good question wait wasn't there I'm assuming Flitwick shoot isn't there another year where Professor McGonagall doesn't take them in and it's someone else no I'm sure because he doesn't see the sorting until six no that's, year. Not, that's not true or no, year he five sees, he sees it uh fourth year fifth does he see it as fifth year yeah I think two and three are the only years he misses it um, oh, okay. No, and and six because that's when um, he almost gets left on the train. Um, because he's yeah. being nosy. Uh, yeah, but I just, yeah. God damn it, Harry. Yeah, but he he um, I don't know why I feel like it was fifth year because he was like, oh, because I feel like the no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. What was happened like, was I just realized it wasn't McGonagall who was replaced. It was Hagrid. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because Hagrid was off yeah. doing Hagrid things. Um, so they, um, he waited only a few minutes. Hermione emerged looking very happy. Um, and then they get to a sea, they go to the Great Hall and see a sea of pointed black hats, each along the long house tables. Oh, no, you were right. Um, they were floating. Sorry, huh? I've just read ahead a little bit. You were right, but keep going, sorry. Oh, Flitwick, who was a tiny little wizard with a shock of white hair, is carrying an ancient hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Oh, we've missed the sorting, said Hermione. New students at Hogwarts were sorted into houses, blah, blah, blah. We knew this whole thing. Um, had Harry's story of collapsing in front of the Dementor traveled that fast? Because people were turning around and looking at him. No, you're Harry Potter. Nah, it was the story. And he came in late. I think. It was probably yeah. all of that. It was all of it. Um, what was that all about? He, um, Ron said, um, Harry started to explain, but at that moment, the headmaster stood up to speak and he broke off. Professor Dumbledore, the very old, always gave an, imperson- an impression of great energy. That part right there is like, I bet you that's the one thing that, um, or the, the, the sentence that Gambon read <laughs> right. as he was taking over this role. Mm, like, and was like, okay, me. I got it. I got it. Great energy. I got you. Fire! <laughs> Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> in the Goblet of Fire! Can't. Got it. Great energy. <laughs> the impression of great energy. He said um, he had several feet of long silver hair and beard, half been spectacles, and an extremely crooked nose. Um, he was often described as the greatest wizard of the age, but that wasn't why Albus, or Harry respected him. You couldn't help trusting Albus Dumbledore. And as Harry watched him beaming around at the students, he felt really calm for the first time since the Dementor had entered the train compartment. That's sweet. The, the Dementor, the effects of the Dementor were replaced by Harry's mentor. Hey. Um, okay. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> it's late, you guys. So I'm. <laughs> it gets late, and I get corny. So that was awesome. Um, yeah. Um. Shoot, hey. I was actually gonna say okay. something. Oh, so like one of the things is you definitely can't deny like, like all the stuff we say about Dumbledore and like all the stuff he keeps from Harry. Like their relationship is really genuine. Um, even from like, at least I would say Harry's relationship with well, Dumbledore. Well, no, but I think I think I'm that I sure. think Dumbledore's relationship with Harry is like like all the actual content aside, like the feeling is genuine. Oh is yes, what I mean. yes. Dumbledore genuinely cares yeah. for Harry. Um, he's he's I not don't great at ever... he's not great at um, execution. But you yeah, know, we talked about well, this, and stuff. Yeah, he got scars. And y'all. He got scars. Um, he's also got a crooked nose. Um, but the the one thing is that I I want to clarify if I haven't made it clear. Um, you know, is I don't think that Dumbledore is putting on airs in regards to how he that he cares. Oh yeah, for Harry. no, I totally. Especially because Harry has a very high electoral or emotional mm-hmm. IQ, and he could spot that. Totally. Like he could. He can tell when people. I, he are, would like, be the same with like Slughorn. He clocked right away that like. It's yeah, not, it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about my name and what that means. And um, he I and so yeah, I just want to make that clear. Like, and I know that I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming that you weren't. It wasn't a pointed oh, comment. Oh no, no, that, no, no. Like, it was totally. You just know, a I think it was general. just like a a generic mm-hmm. a general yeah. Um, but I do think. The relation, it, it's it's different. Like, there, you know, like, there are people who are, like, good example. I could be, like, I am, Aminata is one of my best friends, right? Mm-hmm. I love that little girl to death. She's adorable. I always want to spend time with her. That relationship is not reciprocal. 
she shades me. <laughs> I mean, I know that she loves me because she tells me when she's very when she's very sleepy or when she wants something, she's very sweet to me, and she loves me. But it only comes out or when she's when very you're not sleepy around. or wants something, or when I'm not around, <laughs> which is even ruder. But I know that like I know that there is genuine feeling there. Like she like she doesn't dislike me, but she will be goddamned if she lets me know that. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so, like, our relationship is different. I, I feel like I'm always trying to be very sweet to her. I'm always, like, I'm trying my hardest. I just want her to love me. And her relationship with me is, like, I guess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, I, and that's the feeling I get from Harry and Dumbledore. It's, like, Dumbledore is very clearly Harry's mentor. Harry looks up to him. Harry is very, tries to tries very hard not to let him down, feels the worst, like, feels worse than anything else when he feels like he's let down Dumbledore and then McGonagall, I think it's, like, probably yeah. a good second. Um, and that is Harry's relationship with Dumbledore. Dumbledore's relationship to Harry and how he, what he, how he communicates that Feel, those feelings, those feelings of love and stuff are different. Totally. It's just a different, they in, they interact mm-hmm. in different ways. It's not, yeah, let's move on though, because we are. Lots, yeah. Um, welcome, said Dumbledore. <laughs> welcome to another year at Hogwarts. I have a few things to say to you all, and as one of them is very serious, I think it best to get out of the, get it out of the way before you become befuddled by your excellent feast. As you will all be aware, after their search of Hogwarts Express, our school is presently playing host to some of the Dementors of Azkaban who are here on Ministry of Magic business. He paused and Harry remembered that, minis- that Mr. Weasley had said, or what Mr. Weasley had said about Dumbledore not being happy with the Dementors guarding the school. They are stationed at every entrance to the grounds, Dumbledore continued, and while they are with us, I, make, I must make it plain that nobody is to leave school without permission. Dementors are not to be fooled by tricks or disguises or even invisibility cloaks. Um, it is not in the nature of a Dementor to be to understand pleading or excuses. I therefore warn each and every one of you to give them no reason to harm you. I look to the prefects and our new head boy and girl to make sure that no student runs afoul of the Dementors. Um, so, mm-hmm. two things. Harry and Ron glance at each other pointedly because... The invisibility cloak was not put in there for the average student. Yeah, like, I mean, there are, because, you know, Ron says when Harry gets the invisibility cloak, like, I know what that is. They're really expensive. And they're rare. That's what I'm saying. Someone, they're, they're rare, but, like, someone like Malfoy, perhaps, right. could afford an invisibility mm-hmm. cloak. It's not as good as the invisibility cloak that Harry has, because he's exactly. got a aloe. But they do exist, so... Um, it might be strange for him to say that. But not like totally But it's not like not, yeah. out of the blue, right? I think that's like to the average students, to Justin Finch Fletchley or Hotel <laughs> Ernie, they're like, oh, look at him just being like doing the or most. Being like, silly, look at he always doing the like most. They're being silly. Dumbledore thing. Yeah. Adding an invisibility cloak. Ain't nobody got one of those in here. But I don't know, man. He, Ho- he does I don't it for know, a man. reason. Hotel Ernie might, might have some theories. <laughs> the reason Dumbledore said the invisibility cloak is because you see my brothers and sisters. The mentors got their third eyes open. That's why they can see through them. Yeah. Um, so 
Percy was sitting a few seats down from Harry, puffed out his chest again and stared around impressively because he's the head boy. He wants you all to know that. Um, On a happier note. On a happier note. um, I am pleased to welcome two new teachers to our ranks this year. First, Professor Lupin, who has kindly consented to fill the post of Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. I have another heart there. Um, There was some scattered, rather unenthusiastic applause. Only those who had been in the compartment on the train with with Professor Lupin clapped hard. Harry among them. Um, Professor Lupin looked particularly shabby next to all the other teachers in their best robes. Look at Snape, which um, one is petty, like because they always point that out anytime there's a anytime the mm-hmm. teacher is announced. They're like, look what Snape did. What Snape looking like? What's he doing? Um, which is petty as fuck. Everybody Everybody's knows he wants that job. Um, but this is an important um, but moment. They, he deserves um, the petty. So they look at Snape. It's common knowledge that Snape wanted a defense against a dark arts job, but even Harry, who hated Snape, was startled at the expression twisting his thin, sallow face. It was beyond anger. It was loathing. Harry knew that expression only too well. It was a look Snape wore every time he set eyes on Harry. Um, yep. One thing, that's out of pocket because Harry is a child. Exactly. So that's that's the first thing. Nothing to you. <laughs> um, what other part... The loathing, Remus didn't do nothing to you, but he brings back mm. bad memories, which, Same okay. Harry, to be honest. Valid. And I mean, and I mean, actually, but I think Remus is a little than, bit... It's more yeah, than with Harry, say, because... Remus is more, um... Remus laughs. He laughs. He's, he's like he Arthur Weasley, it. right? Like, like, those were his friends, when, and he could stop them, the, and he didn't. Like, he's more yeah. culpable and a little bit more responsible for what went yes. down. Um... Yes, and and Remus is very much a part of that yeah, the Marauders, totally. right? Like, and maybe it was James and Sirius who did the who did the bulk of the tormenting, but exactly. they were a group. And he was there, um, and, and I mean, and Lupin even there. says and this. So like, it's, it's not even like he doesn't take responsibility. Yeah, Lupin takes, which is why he's the yeah, best. That's another reason why he's. Mm-hmm. Look at us. This is why I alternate right. between like um, Remus and Sirius being my favorites. Also, them together is very is awesome too. It's the best. There's so much flash fiction about I've that. I've actually read some to be uh, honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. It's awesome. Oh god. Um, um. Oh wait, you read some? Oh of those no, 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 no I haven't read some. I've read some. I was like, <laughs> that was a good lord. I haven't, um, gotten, I haven't gone that deep. As to our second. Yeah, as to our second new appointment, I'm sorry to tell you that Professor Kettleburn, our Care of Magical Creatures teacher, retired at the end of last year in order to enjoy more time with his that remaining limbs. Um, alarming. Unacceptable. <laughs> alarming. Alarming, to, to say the least. That is well, unacceptable. I mean, what is his insurance that's a good like? Question. What's going that's on a good over question. there? He bets be spending the, the remaining. the. Spending this time with his remaining limbs and all mm-hmm. that gold. All them galleons. That's I'm curious what the Hogwarts And this is a school. Is. That's like a really small this is a like, school. Thing, detail, but I kind of want to know what that is. That yeah. would be pretty cool. Um, so I'm delighted to say that in his, his place will be filled by none other than Rubius Hagrid, who has agreed to take on this teaching job in addition to his so gamekeeping duties. So I'm assuming duties. he's getting a raise. Yes. But he never graduated. That is also true. The only reason so, I think he the just, thing is, is that okay, he never graduated. But we also talk about like practical versus like school 
education, and yes. Hagrid is a gamekeeper, and he takes care of all the creatures in the Forbidden Forest. Like he, you know what I mean? Like when yes. when the when the unicorn he has is when the unicorn knowledge. is uh, being attacked in the Forbidden Forest, Her. it's in Hagrid, not Kettleborn. Kettleburn. Um, yes. So, but what I'm saying is, he's had about three months, mm-hmm. right, since being cleared. Um, the knowledge that goes into care of magical creatures, yeah, Hagrid has that in spades. Teaching no. is a different thing. It's a discipline oh. all of its own. That go, It's beyond the subject that you teach. Like, you can be... I mean, there are tons of mathematicians or whatever that don't teach math because it's not just about teaching the subject. It's about taking mm-hmm. care of children. And three months is not enough time in I mean, my unless opinion. Unless he had some, like, real... In- I mean, obviously he probably didn't, but unless he had some, like, intensive-ass boot camp for teaching. Intensive. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's like he's agreed to take the position. So, he was mm-hmm. offered this position. Like, him... You know what I mean? Like, I, like beyond there just being, like, okay, the, the defense against the dark arts thing, it's like, yeah, you got someone to agree, because that's the, the, yeah. the big thing, right? But, like... How many people did y'all interview Probably before none. you offered Hagrid this position? Because they found Grubby none. Plank pretty, pretty Nepotism. Um. Grubby Plank is, <laughs> right? Like, why is she yeah. not? And when Professor Grubby Plank is substituting, you know what? No one gets hurt. Except for that one time people Harry like got flying around on hippogriffs. That's just because he was squeezing it too hard. That was on him. Yeah, he went, I was hey thinking, guys, that was I know a lot of there's some about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix in case you didn't already know. <laughs> we know. Um, the other thing is like there is some that's it's it's a it's a hands-on intensive yeah course right like science or whatever like if you're in chemistry class they tell you like pay attention you know what I mean like there are some things that you can't avoid or like that are just it's um what do you call it like an acceptable mm-hmm. risk to learning the subject right. Um, being bitten by a bow truckle, being, honestly, what happened to Malfoy, right? Like, you didn't do the, you didn't do what the teacher told you to do. Assigning a book that ain't nobody know how to read. (laughs) That's on, that's on the teacher. Like, like, they're all excited and, like, cheering for him, but Ron is like, we should have known. Who else would have assigned us a biting book? Yeah. Thank you. But um, Hagrid is adorable because so, everyone is like cheering is for him, especially the Gryffindor table. Um, and uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione were the last to stop clapping. They saw that Hagrid was wiping his eyes on the tablecloth. So sweet. Which is so cute because he. And the other thing is like we talk a lot about Hagrid's relationship with the trio, but the whole school, besides the Slytherins, erupt. They like he has a good relationship until he starts with teaching. Honestly. to be honest and then they're like which is Dumbledore don't give a fuck that is that comic as just a person who's like at Hogwarts like he's an awesome dude Um, yeah um I think that's everything of importance that Dumbledore let the feast begin and the goblets and the golden plates they all filled up with food and drink magically out of nowhere there are no there are no slaves working hard in the kitchens to make sure that you have... Nope, it's all just, just love and magic and sunshine. And no one has to do any work mm-hmm. behind it. And they all get paid living wages and 
you know, this delicious mm-hmm. feast. Um, Harry, Ron, and her sips tea. Um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, <laughs> however, were eager for it to finish so that they could talk to Hagrid. They knew how much being made a teacher would mean to him. Hagrid wasn't a fully qualified wizard. He had been expelled from Hogwarts in his third year. Um, okay, we actually know all that stuff. Um, at long yes. last, at long <laughs> when last. the last morsels of pumpkin tart had melted from the golden platters, Dumbledore gave the word that it was time for them to all go to bed, um, and they got their chance. Congratulations, Hagrid, Hermione squealed. All down to you three, said Hagrid. Can't believe it. Great man, Dumbledore, came, stri- came straight down to me after, um, to me hut after Professor Kettleborn said he'd had enough. It's what I always wanted. Overcome with emotion, he buried his face in his napkin, and Professor McGonagall shooed them away. Hogwarts is not an equal opportunity employer. (laughs) I just want y'all to know that. Um, Coming through, coming through, said Percy, as um, they have all at the Gryffindor Tower, and the pink, that lady in the pink dress asked them for the password. The new password for Tuna Major. Oh no, said Neville Longbottom sadly. He always had trouble Which remembering is the passwords. Aha! Aha! Through the portrait hole and across the common room, the girls and boys divided towards their separate staircases. Harry climbed the spiral stair with no thought in his head except how glad he was to be back. They reached their familiar circular dormitory with its five four poster beds, and Harry looked around, felt as Harry looking around. Felt as if he was home at last. It's a wonderful chapter. It's a wonderful ending to a chapter, too. So, who did you bench? I benched Draco, and so I have some reasoning for this. Um, Okay. So, initially I was going to bench the mentors, but then I didn't only because... um, I wasn't sure, and, like, obviously we can decide, and it's up to our interpretation or all of our interpretation um, of this. I was like, the Dementor is a creature and not a person. But then I'm like, I know we do, we bench in like MVP creatures, but it, um, sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to like word it. Everything the Dementor did was more or less in its nature. And like he was given, they were giving on instinct instinct and orders from the ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so while like the Dementor is like a, terrible being but that's also like in its nature to be a terrible being if that makes sense so it's not yeah, like they can't help yeah. being a dementor which also made me think when i was reading it i had a weird ass i was tired it was late um a weird ass like daydream about um like what if there was that like one good dementor and then i thought of like a children's book about one good dementor who's trying to make friends yeah. with people but then can't because they make him because he makes them sad but then he and then and then he's can you sad write that because he like wants to give flowers to little kids i'm gonna figure it out because it was like all in my brain and the and the flowers and yeah and then he's just sad all the time but then he, he touches finds somebody them. who like loves him for who he is and then they like are happy me and, um yeah I'm kind of I'm quite close with my well, dementors now. We've we've we got a comfortable partnership yeah, gotta, going I'm on. I'm gonna figure it out because it was actually kind of cute to me in my head. In my head, it's adorable. Um, so shout out oh to that God. one good dementor. We have to talk about this. Um, <laughs> but um, I have thoughts to make okay. this really good. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, um, go. And like I actually <laughs> I know how to make a children's book. This is gonna be awesome. Um, okay, but that's why I, I benched Draco instead of a dementor because Draco was like. The worst, and how are you gonna make fun of someone for like their reaction to this creature that 
they, they can't, can't control, control and that's like yeah. the point of the creature you know what i mean and then, then you're making fun of him for having all this trauma having um, trauma on top of just being a but horrible that's, person that's, that he is that's draco so, right i mean like that's draco but draco's also a person um and no yeah no, yeah no 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 i know but i'm just saying that's like i it's not out of as we talked about in the last book when we been draco um and i totally support and agree or not that you well, need my yeah, support, yeah, yeah. but you know, like, I like get, you know what I mean. Um, but that is a part of Draco's character. Is like he makes fun of Hermione for being a Muggleborn, which has nothing to do mm-hmm. with Hermione or whatever. He makes fun of Ron for not having any money, which like has nothing to do with Ron, who he is. Right, Draco having money has nothing. It comes from no. Um, magnificent skill on Draco's part. Like, he's seriously the Donald Trump of the Wizarding World. Him and Dolores mm-hmm. Umbridge. Like, your daddy just happened to give you money and that makes you think that makes you qualified to judge someone else. Like, no. Um, I actually did bench the Dementor because Dumbledore kind of says, um, I'm going to pull this up real quick or go back to this. He says um, in his warning about the Dementors, um, they are not to be fooled by tricks or disguises or even invisibility cloaks. It is not in the nature of a Dementor to understand pleading or excuses. I therefore warn each and every one of you to give them no reason to harm you. So, yes, it's not in their nature to understand, like, nuance Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But they do know, like... Um, Remus tells the Dementor at first, like, we're not hiding Sirius Black under our cloaks. They know what their mm-hmm. orders are, and they choose or don't choose, I'm not sure, but there's some sort of thing here where they ignore them a couple of times to go after that, to, like, suck the, you know, to, to do what's right. in their nature, right? Um, so, yeah, I can I can definitely see um, that point of what you're ma- you, what you've said, but there is some level of conscious decision that, or you know what? I don't know. Now that I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know. You may have made me <laughs> rethink my bench. Well, no, I mean I do think actually. it's totally valid to but bench a dementor. In which case, um. I mean, yeah. especially maybe because in this one, there's really only one that we have, like, real interaction with versus, like, other moments where it's, like, a bunch of them together and they're kind of just hanging out. And we know that they can Well, I mean, I, and I, I was going off the fact... Um, yeah, I was going off the fact that, like, they pass through the gates and the Dementors, yeah, like, the, the, the presence of the Dementor makes them feel something, but those Dementors do not go into their... You know, do not actively go after right. these Right, so you're mentioning, like, you the, know what I mean? the specific Dementor... So, that Dementor. Um, though I could, I guess, if we talk this through more, I could be convinced then to just bench Cornelius Fudge. <laughs> but that would be yeah. who I would bench. It would still be whoever caused that Dementor okay. to, you know. Um, but I do think that that Dementor took it upon himself. Maybe has just like a lack of, a greater lack of control than the rest of the Dementors that were, that were supposed to search the train. They were supposed to. Um, this mm-hmm. one went rogue. Which is also so, just interesting thing um, about diversity within Dementors. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, that's also a part of, like, when you were talking about, like, depression, how it manifests 
manifest in different ways in different people. Um, and I yeah. mean, like, we see the, the diversity in, like, the effects for, like, the way different people react, but then also the differences in, like, the Dementors themselves is also interesting to think about. Yeah, we don't really get, like, that's why you're, like, that the one nice Dementor um, is cool, because we do not get characterization of individual Dementors. They come mm-hmm. as a force, um, and they're talked about as creatures, like, the way that we talk about unicorns or something, you know what I mean? They all do yeah. this, but one unicorn is unique than another, like, Buckbeat is different than all hippogriffs, though hippogriffs in their nature do it, right, exactly. similar things, right? Um, who is your MVP? Yes. The fuck? With an exclamation point. Actually. So that was Wither Team. <laughs> Thank you guys so Thanks much. <laughs> Next week, we will be discussing Chapter 6 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Talons and Tea Leaves. Um, make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, add us at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag wizard team. Um, yeah. Thanks. This is awesome. I like this chapter. Thank you guys and we'll see you next week. This is, oh man. This really good. All about it. Yeah. Alright. This book. I mean, this book this is book. Really good. This is my second favorite book. I'm not like, so I'm, every time I read a chapter, I'm like, yes. This is awesome. I love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm.